Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 203 of the bag, or 213. Yeah, don't Damn. drop off the tens. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out May 7th, 2014. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. Well, this week we're bringing you our April look back. We're taking a look back. Whoa, I just got why we call it that. Oh. At some of the number ones that came why out. Why do we call it the trade and policy? Oh, it's too spot on. Some of the number ones that came out in the month of April. From Marvel, we've got Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, Elektra, Amazing Spider-Man. Secret Origins. DC, we have Secret, Secret Origins, Origins and Sinestro. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Batman Eternal. I, and the first, first arc of, well, not even arc, but yeah. the first four issues of Batman Eternal. The, the first new setting series. up of, yeah, it's a lot of setup in that There's, book. A lot of things getting set up, a lot of uh, characters slowly getting poured out into the scene. They got a year. Yeah, they do have a full year. And sometimes we've given a full year to let our beer sit and age. There was a bunch of different segues I tried to work in there. Uh, Were we supposed to pick it up? I don't know. What you were laying down? I I got where he was going after he started talking Uh, about sitting for a year. We have another beer from uh, Dark Horse Brewing out of uh Michigan. Um this is their three, three guy off the scale. Three guy off the scale. This is a sour What does that even mean? Like, three guys uh, standing me, on a no, scale? Just three guy off the scale. Three guy off the scale. Off the scale. Uh no, th- no question. There's no description on the bottle as that, to why it's called. Is that. that the like word magnets and they just like had those up on there and they're like what po- possibly. Possibly this is a sour old ale barley wine. Um, this was a limited edition bottle that uh, small batch kind of thing going on. Um, so we're drinking it, so you can't. So you shouldn't. Uh, well, I yeah. I picked. I liked sours. I like barley wines. I bought three bottles oh, of this. You were so wrong in doing so. Um, Sometimes we should. If we have a lot of bottles, we should open one up first. Right like, away. Oh. Yeah. I when, when I was at the brewery, I tasted several different things, and I was like, man, these guys make really good beer. Well, we like um, their IPA. Yeah. Um, Crooked Tree. Crooked Tree. Crooked Tree, uh, the Double Tree. Double Tree actually tasted better after a year in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's barely any carbonation to it. And it just, it's like a sherry, like a, a cherry sherry. Cherry sherry. It is. I mean, I... It's got a little barley to it. Now, now that I'm further through it, I kind of like it more than I did in that first initial mm-hmm. sip. It's it's definitely something you're like, oh, let's crack open that other bottle. You're not going to be like that. But it's not bad for a sipping beer. Like, we should have those little sherry glasses and yeah. just fill that little thimble full up and sip on it. Um 
I wouldn't say that I hate it. I enjoy that kind of cherry taste to mm-hmm. it, but it's not anything that I'm like kicking down doors and writing to the no. soldiers about. No. I, it needs more carbon. It needs something to it. It needs. And it says like uh, when you tap it, check into this on unattap- untapped, it says like it just gets better with age, and it's like. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. We didn't try it fresh, so I don't know. And it's been down there for a year. A year. They might not be thinking like a year in age. Or was it just someone that said that? No, it says it on the description for the beer. Uh, like when you go to the details. Maybe if we get older, it'll be better. I don't know. Oh, you're, is that you trying to segue to the fact that it's your birthday tomorrow? Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, but it is news. <laughs> For the weekend geek. For the weekend geek. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, happy May 4th, everybody. Yeah, we are recording this on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. If you are a Star Wars fan, also it is Cinco de Cuatro if you're an Arrested Development fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. There is that. There's a lot of stuff going on in May. So. Uh, yeah, uh, force May 4th, a Disney showed off, uh, two new trailers for their Star Wars Rebels. Uh, their computer animated series to kind of take place of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network. This is going to be on Disney's own XD, which is used to be Toon Disney. And they changed it to XD in order to try to get more, uh, young boy audience, it seemed. The hip's more action. The hip station. Yeah. Not just reruns of Goof Troop. It's now, uh, got your, Got, got your Star Wars, the Rebels. The Rebels. No, it wasn't Star Wars Rebels, wasn't that going to be like a live action show that Lucas had wanted to do? Like, Well, they were in talks with ABC. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that, it wasn't even that long ago that we talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah, it was like, like three, four years ago, though, I think. Mm-hmm. We had done it on the podcast, yeah. but I feel like it was early on in the podcast. So, five years, long time ago. Three to four years, not so long ago. Yeah, still, I still think that's a long okay. time ago. I'm just trying to gauge the... Very long time versus not long time. Immediate past versus time ago. You had a post-it note that stuck to your elbow and you threw it on the floor. I found it. Oh, amusing. Thank you. I found oh, it, is this I found it you're amusing. looking forward to? I don't have uh, the Toon Disney, but I yeah, started but... watching because, you know, as I've had off the, on Friday and I've had just it on uh, in the background while I do other things. I like read comics, Star Wars Clone Wars, because, you know, it is the first weekend of May and Star Wars is all all around us, and I've gotten through probably 12, 13 episodes of the first season, and it is a pretty darn fun show. Nice. Oh, it's very show. enjoyable. It's really good. You know, I only saw is. a couple of them, but I, I liked what I saw. See, I was so surprised by it, because I thought the get uh, dynamic, because I saw the movie, the, you know, the, the movie. Theater. I didn't see that, It's so actually. bad, because I felt like the one the girl character and Anakin's just didn't, you know, seem to play off each other right, I, but... I like the chemistry a lot more in the cartoon. Okay, I was series. gonna, I was gonna jump in, but I was I'm like, sorry. I no, because yeah. I realized you were talking about the movie, which I never mm-hmm. saw, because I like um, Ahsoka Tano, yeah, and Ahsoka. like I like them on like the show. Mm-hmm. I, I say after seeing like three episodes, yeah, but didn't you didn't you have a DVD of all like the the that was the Jack ones? Yeah, yeah, that was the uh, Genji Tarkovsky like the little like five minute shorts like that yeah. has nothing to do with. I thought, yeah, but wasn't that like kind of a prequel to these things? I mean, those are taking place during the Clone Wars, but really, there's no lead in. Because I thought he had like a lot of the same characters. Like, it wasn't she in it? No, 
No? Oh. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know shit then. It was a fun... I like that series. Yeah, those because were fun. Those, you know, Samurai Jack style of... Yeah. <laughs> with Jedi. So and they were just like short little like five minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Like The entire first season was only like half an hour long. I remember watching that. You had it on DVD, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what ever happened to it. Dust in the wind. Yeah. Just like uh, Bob Hoskins. Oh. oh sorry. Did he, he get cremated? No, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't part of that, but <laughs> in... He's dust in the wind. <laughs> All right, go ahead. In um, sad celebrity news, Bob Hoskins passed away at 71. Uh, complications from Parkinson's? Yeah, he had ret- he had retired from acting a few like a few years ago because of because of that kind of because of that kind of complications. Was he King Koopa in the Mario movie? No, no he, he was, was Mario. Mario. He was Mario in the Mario movie. Oh. 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 Uh, he had done a lot of great work. I actually just I just rewatched uh, Unleashed mainly because he was in it and he plays such a great bad guy in that. Um, also, he was the pick, like, in the 90s when um, they were talking about, first talking about doing, like, an X-Men movie, Chris Claremont wanted him to play Wolverine because he was that short, short and stocky. and he could. I think he would got the right personality to play that kind of uh, role, especially if you've ever seen him play a good bad guy, a British gangster or anything. No, like, that, that makes sense to me. I can see him as Wolverine. So... So, Bob Hoskins is a different person than Dennis Hopper. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very different. One's British, one's American. One has a drug-addled, just crazy mind. But they were both in the Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes. Movie. Yes. Okay. One played Mario. <laughs> uh, they're both actors, too. <laughs> they're That's both true. white. Yes. I mean, you know those white people. They all look the same. We do. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad because it's one of those things. Like I didn't even know he had retired from acting because less I heard he was appearing on the show Neverland as Smee, which was kind of like that cool. Like, oh, he was Smee and Hook. Okay, see, they're connected, but not really. But they're connected, but not really. Yeah, he might have come out of like retirement for that. Then I, I don't know because that show is from a little while ago now, mm-hmm. but. That was kind of the thing that made me want to watch Neverland, and I just haven't gotten to it yet because it's mm. on Netflix. You mean uh, not Neverland, but no Neverland? There's a mini series. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time Neverland, or no, just Neverland? And he plays me in that. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. Most def is not on. Not either. on. No. But I don't know. I just watched Hook again recently, and I still love that movie. And oh I yeah, understand, and I feel bad for people that don't like it. These people but have like something it. wrong this, with them. This has made me want to watch uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit again because I haven't seen that in years. I think I watched. I watched that over the summer. I watched it not it still too long ago, up. like five, it's six a, years ago. I remember it being <laughs> a great movie, and the last time I watched it, I remember it held up. It's still oh, good. It's cool. still. It's. I'm not saying it's still good. Like I just. Over last summer, I watched it. Um, cool thing is when I went to Disney World back in January, in the lobby of the Great Movie Ride, they have little movie displays, like props and costumes mm-hmm. from different movies throughout the years. Um, Paul, when you and I went, they had one of the horses from Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. which I thought was really the, cool. From the carousel. Yeah. 
This time, they had, like, a ton of costumes from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And you got to wear uh, I, Jessica Rabbit's costume? No, but I wanted to try to take a picture of uh, Christopher Lloyd's The Judge costume, mm-hmm. but I just, uh, the line started moving, and I couldn't, like, snap a picture in time, mm-hmm. but... That's surprising because you are pretty good at picture taking while line is moving guy. Because during the Harry Potter proof of this, because I'm trying to remember during the Harry Potter ride, like you were taking pictures left and right. Well, I had to. I had to document that because I didn't know we were going to be going on it like six more times. (laughs) Because that was the only thing in the park. Um, But I I really. I'm sorry. Did you want to ride the other roller coasters again? No, I went on the Hulk one. No, no, I meant the the. the hippogriff and the... Oh, uh, no, like, that was just, like, I wanted to go on to go on. Again. Yeah, I went on the hippogriff one. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. That one wasn't bad. And, but you went on the uh, Triwizards Tournament one, right? The Dueling Dragons. Dueling Dragons. Yeah, which was cool. I went on one of the dragons. I don't know how different the other dragon is. I heard Big Thunder Mountain now has two different tracks. Or maybe not. But Chris hasn't heard about that, so it's probably a no. That I don't know. Space Mountain has two tracks, but that's always had two tracks. Um, oh. they just announced the opening of the oh. Seven Dwarfs oh, Line Train okay. Ride, which is May 28th, which, that looks like a roller coaster that you could do, because oh, it cool. looks like it's a less intense, um, Big Thunder Mountain. Okay, I would like to do that ride then. That'd be fun. And it looks really cool. When we go back. Effects. But yes. Wait, I'm not doing this beer yet. Talk about no, I was giving oh, it to you first. But yeah, Bob Hassan, it's sad. Um, best for you because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I didn't. He, I mean, the man had a great life. He lived into his 70s. You know, what more can he ask for? I hope I get past could my have 70s. Asked for him to be on our death pool somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be mar- at least alive until I'm 73. Because that means Kate and I would have been married 50 years. Um, y- you know what? But I never pick anyone that I, I actually want to. No, I live. Just, like, I pick actually people like, ah, oh, I actually wouldn't mind this person dying. Yeah. I, I know for my picks, I picked Mark Hamill and <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Strangely fitting now that it's Star Wars Day. <laughs> and also, it is, uh, tag casted. They have officially announced the cast for Star Wars Episode 7. And there's a lot of actors that I have no clue about. Other than the original actors from Star Wars' episodes 4 through 6. Yeah, they put up a picture of everyone doing a table read. And I was looking around and I'm like, okay, well, there's Carrie Fisher. You, you know and what? who are all these other people? <laughs> it was like, it was in black and white, though, and it was far away enough where I couldn't really tell the age of Harrison Ford. I'm like, is this an old photo of when they first sort of like did the original like read-throughs? And then they're like, no, the new cast was announced. And I'm like, who are these other kids? I don't know, but man, to be a kid getting starting off in your career, and this is like your third, fourth gig maybe, and to be with these people, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford, people that have lived completely different Hollywood lives from each other, it seems yeah. like after Star Wars, like you're going to learn a lot from them. Like, and then also Peter Manahue and Kenny Baker, like you're going to learn how to deal with conventions. Um, one be like, no, you gotta charge twenty for the headshot. That's 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 money in the bank. Mm-hmm. If you're super tall, you get to charge people just to take pictures with you. Uh, John Boyega, um, is one of the people, and he's um, 
he was in Attack the Block, which came out um, in 2011, and he was kind of the lead of that. And he played. I heard it was really good. It, it was a good movie, and he plays in the beginning like a real kind of asshole jerk street thug, and then by the end of it, he's a hero. And um, he did really good in that. Um, the one that I, um, Adam Driver, who's known for being in the Girls. Which I was not, I'm not a huge fan of the girls. My girlfriend at the time when we were together, she watched it, so I'd catch stuff here and there. He plays such. Wait, did he catch stuff from your girlfriend? Or catch stuff from uh, the show? Catch stuff from the show. Okay. Just, uh, just wondering. He plays such a jerk in that, that when I saw that he was on here, I was like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> and a little bit ago, it was rumored that he might be um, Nightwing, and I was like, oh, that guy, I fucking hate him so much. He's such a creep. And then I'm like, well, oh, that guy's a really good actor that he can actually bring Let's that up that in, in me. Yeah. And Adam Driver will, they say, is going to be playing a Sith in it. He is going to be the, one of the bad Ooh. guys. So, yeah, he can he can play a, a scummy jerk, so hopefully and- he can pull off a bad guy. I see Andy Serkis is in it, so you know he's going to be playing all the characters that are motion Digital, captured. yeah, right? He's going to be the Hulk again. He's going to be like 30 characters. Um, he's going to be the Hulk. Yeah. Rondo, I think um, Lou Frigno said that there's a Hulk movie in development, too. But Perhaps, that, yeah. That's but Lou I think Frigno. he's the last one to hear about it. And, partially because oh, he's dead. God damn it, Paul. <laughs> so Goes almost death, like completely. Yeah, you know, don't explain it, Paul. People got it. I don't know. Um, People know that. And and, and, I I was gonna keep talking, and I was Andy Circus, son of a bitch. Andy Circus isn't gonna do the same joke. Wait, wait, wait. I I would. Paul's (laughs) proud of it, and it's his birthday tomorrow, so I should let him have it. Instead of you, son of a bitch, and me. No, no, no. Oh wait. Oh, here I'm putting my head down on the microphone. it's, Andy Serkis isn't going to be the Hulk, Paul. Um, he Mark Ruffalo brought him in to help him oh. do the Hulk because who else do you get? You get the master of that motion capture stuff to help mm-hmm. him with, you know, getting the, everything just right and assisting him with that. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to be doing the motion. Mo- nope. Or nope. Bringing nope. Ang Lee in to do that again. <laughs> um, but no, it, he's bringing him in because Mark Ruffalo is so inexperienced at it. That they're bringing him into, and Mark Ruffalo is one of the people that brought him in, is to help him be oh, able cool. to do that. I mean, the guy's from the ground floor, like, mm-hmm. every movie that has that, he's basically a part of it. Well, now, yeah. No. He, well, other than that, you might go to uh, Tom Hanks, you know, from his work on... Polar Express? Yes. Really? I mean, if that you want to give, give kids nightmares, okay. <laughs> that movie exactly. That's scary. Tom looking. Hanks gives kids nightmares. Thank you, Chris. Apparently, he wants to pee on everything. That, he does want to pee on everything. From, uh, <laughs> after hours. After I was on crack.com. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm looking for. I'd actually like to see him as an actual acting role in Star Wars versus the motion capture. I'd be okay with seeing him in multiple roles, honestly. Like he's he knows what he's doing, so much so that Peter Jackson just trusts him to do his own stuff and even be like a secondary director on yeah. like location shots. Really? Like if Peter Jackson can't be there, like yeah, Andy Serkis can take care of it. Like what a big vote of confidence. Not just in like the person, but like, no, this is like a multi like million dollar franchise, probably billion dollar when you look yeah. at everything that the other movies have done. But mm-hmm. yeah, just give it to this guy. 
Um, he's but, got, he knows. But it. I, like, I really liked him in his different roles. Like, he was like Cook in uh, King Kong. He was like my favorite character in that. I but I haven't seen that since like King Kong. Yeah, me either. Uh, back to Star Wars. Star Wars. Episode 7. Who else is it? Uh, is uh, there any other name? Max, no names. Max left. von Chateau. Who's, who's what? He looks like a classy gentleman. I don't know who he is. Uh, he's, he's Emperor been... Palpatine's clone? No. Uh, he was, he was Ming the Merciless in Flash. Wow. Uh, okay. he was the voice of Virgo, uh, the Carpathian. Vigo? Vigo, I'm sorry. Uh, in no Ghostbusters. Um, he was Minority Report. He's been in everything, uh, but you might know him from Strange Brew as the brewmaster in that movie. And a bad guy. And a bad guy. Strange Brew. Strange Brew. I haven't seen Strange Brew since we watched it that one. <laughs> I love that. That movie's a great movie. I love how all of the movies you've ever seen. I haven't seen it. I know. Except for I... that one time that I saw it with you, John. Well, no. Like, no. I've seen Strange Brew, but that was the last time I saw it oh, okay. since that one time we watched it. And yeah. It's one of those things. That's our, like, best friends had watched every movie together. Ever. Watched a lot of We've movies. watched a lot of movies. We spent a whole summer... Just watching zombie and horror movies. I can't remember what movie we watched or read from a blockbuster, but remember they didn't have it; they just had the case. <laughs> they just had the case. It was like it was a Dolomite movie, I think, because I kept the box. I asked a, if I could wait, keep it. Do we, have, do we have news about Dolomite movies? Yes. yes. No, 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 I don't okay. know what a Dolomite is. Well, that's okay. Um, I don't. Is it something like a Vegemite sandwich? Is it a type of sandwich? Not at all. Is it an Australian no. thing? No. Do you have any more <laughs> news? Was, was that we haven't recorded in like a week no. and a half. Uh, oh, Comixology. Hey, how about that? Dropping purchase support on Google Play and iOS. Yeah, so now you have to purchase, go through on their website and add your account there. Yeah. And, but, I, I, Having doing that and having to use my just my credit card instead of my Google Play, which went through my phone company, it's not that big a deal. And I don't I just had to do that one thing and now I can still buy right on my phone, right there, put it put everything into my cart, click buy I and, like the cart. And and be done with it. See the for me the cart's not like a it's not a thing like when John was talking about it, I was like, Really? You like having the cart? Because yeah. for me, it was just like I'd go onto the app, I'd, you know, buy. I was doing buy. mass purchases. That's why. Because, you know, like last month, I went through, bought a bunch of comic books, and then looked at my bank statement and, like, oh, $62. And, you know, because I would have to sit there and add them all up, and I spent over 62 bucks all in one sitting of buying just comic books. Having the cart and seeing, oh, I'm at $53. Well, I guess I don't really need this book. Okay, and John, you said kind of the same I, thing. I said the same thing where I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm only getting three bucks, It's or three books. It's only, you know, it's under ten bucks. You know, maybe I can, maybe that book that was I was on the fence about, mm-hmm. I'll pick up. Or maybe that book I was on the fence about, I'll get rid of. Yeah. Because now I can see it. Because before, I would just be like, oh, this is a book I'm buying, this is a mm-hmm. book I'm buying. Uh, this sounds interesting. I'll buy it. This, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, sixteen dollars mm-hmm. later or five books later, you know, yeah. I'd be done. But now I can, instead of being willy nilly about it, it helps me Before really it helps me ground myself. Yeah, it was a two dollar individual two dollar purchases. Now it's a fifty, thirty dollar, twenty dollar purchase, and you can then roll back a little bit. 
two down to yeah. $15. And plus, I was also like, ah, it's just going to my phone bill. I don't have to pay this right now. Mm-hmm. I'll pay it in a month. Boop, 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 boop. See, mine was always tied to my Google Play account, which was tied to my bank card. So I would, so it would come right out of my bank, you know. I'm, mine's just tied to my iTunes account. So mm-hmm. as soon as I would buy something, yeah. it would just pop up on my iTunes. I would get the receipt from mm-hmm. Apple saying like, oh, you bought, you know, these two comic books. Yeah, my phone would start ringing. New email. New email. And so I would get 12 emails saying book confirmation, book purchase confirmation. Yeah. And then nice. as, then I check my bank account the next day and it's like $2.99 cent purchase, $3.99. Like sit there and add up and be like, ooh. Maybe I, I shouldn't have bought that. I still don't like having to go through the website. I realize it's not a huge inconvenience, but you do it once and you're done. You don't need to go through the website every time. Well, every week when I want to buy books, I'm going to have to. No, because it'll save that credit card information. No, I I know that, but to go through and actually purchase, like the I'm just talking about like the website itself. I'm sorry. No, is that because you have Apple? No, like. Wait, why would you need to go back to the Comixology website? To see what books are out to buy them. No, you can buy them on the app. No, you can't. I do. It's not on iOS. If you Oh, wanna... because iOS, it's Apple. It is an Apple thing. Yeah, because you... you can't do, because Apple doesn't allow you to do in-app purchases directly without Apple getting a little bit of that mm-hmm. cut. Yeah. yeah. So, so it is because you have you Apple. have Apple. Okay. I... I thought you were talking about something else because I was talking about having to go through the website. Yeah, See, no, I was, I was yeah, saying I had to go to the website to update my yeah. I had to put my I had to put my account information in the one time. Yeah, the one time, and now I'm set, so I can automate it'll pull, and it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. Well, well you I should like... just get a different phone. <laughs> I'm not not gonna do that. Like this no. isn't a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need a new phone. I can't buy my comic books on this anymore. Like, I can go through the website mm-hmm. to do my shopping, it's... but the mobile website is clunky compared to what was available on the app. Mm-hmm. And now that I have to go on the app, I have to log in every yeah. time. Say, like, okay, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. Proceed to check out. Yeah. Then I I don't have it tied to, since it's I don't have my credit card on there, I go through PayPal. So it's like, okay, I'm going to log oh, into PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. Submit this. Okay, now that's good. Then I have to go back into the app, like then go to the cloud and download the books. Mm-hmm. It's it's so many more steps than just waking up in the morning and saying like, "Oh, there's a new issue of Nightwing." By it's mm-hmm. downloading while it's downloading. Oh, I'm gonna keep browsing by this. Oh, hey, Nightwing's done. I'm gonna read it while it's yeah. downloading the other four books that yeah. I said. Yeah, I goodbye. understand that being a huge pain. Yeah, it, it's but that sounds more like it's the a- Apple it's, than it. It's it's not Apple. It's all Amazon. They don't want Apple getting any of that money yeah. that they can make that now. Because Apple demands a little bit of the taste if you have an yeah, app purchases. I mean, and Amazon doesn't want none of their apps support mm-hmm. in app purchases because of that. So you gotta go through the website. Part of but if I, I if yeah. if I was that company, I would be the same way. Because I don't wanna why why am I why, why share a piece of the pie? Yeah. But at the same time, Comixology used to be a five star rated app. Mm-hmm. In the marketplace. Now it's down to a 1.5. Yeah. And that that's, is an understandable rating. And oh, yeah. That's a lot of for like, what? frustration from people that, hey, this is how they bought and read their comic books. Now Amazon is making it more difficult for them. Like, 
they're being targeted almost because this is how they read comic books. And it's not just, hey, I have a phone, I'm going to read on this. It's iPads. It's people that would mm-hmm. probably read it on their iMac. Like, yeah, you're being sh- like shot at almost. Like, hey, well, if you're reading it on the iMac, you were probably going to the website anyways you to could. download them as a PDF. Um, I don't think you load up an app to launch a web browser but on an iMac, you're right? Down- we still, you still have that option to go through the marketplace to buy everything, and then hey, guess what? It's all available on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your desktop. Mm-hmm. Like it's. You have it all. And that's what people like about Apple products. It's, hey, I downloaded it once. Here it is on all my stuff. Mm-hmm. Even Scott, like, that's what he liked about it. That's why when he did the show, he did it on that little, yeah, the uh, little cute thing. I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> but he was so proud of it. The yeah, he loved that thing. It's, it, like I said, it's not a huge ordeal, but it's just like, I downloaded the new updated... See, you're, blame, you're for, daily blaming Amazon for it and not Apple. Yeah. Because Apple's the only marketplace, you know, OS provider that does that to their applications, the people that provide them applications. No, it. Blackberry does, wasn't doing it. Well, Google isn't doing here's it. Here's the thing, though. If you have a Blackberry, you're not <laughs> downloading apps <laughs> on it. You're Nikon, uh, what was their uh, OS? Uh, wasn't doing it. Windows doesn't, you know, Microsoft Windows hate. But here's the thing. I think Apple can get away with that because they're fucking Apple. Yeah, but here's the thing is... People are going out there and dropping $1,200 on a MacBook because it's Apple. And then they sit there and they use it for iTunes and browsing the internet. But it's an Apple. Obviously, at this point, it was something that with you having an iPhone, it's not something... You had already signed up for Comixology Mm -hmm. because you could do it that way. Now you have that choice that I have to go through these other steps or I can go to another or, market. Or like you said, or I can buy a new phone. Yeah. And, and, it and just download another OS onto your iPhone. And again, again, like, no, I'm not saying like, oh, you have to do it, but I understand Amazon's point of, no, we bought this company. We want to get all the money for it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to share it f- with Apple for its, Sharing their profits for no reason. For the right to be on it, Apple. It's sharing yeah. their... Here's the thing. It's sharing their profits for probably more of those profits. For... To like, be on a larger... To be have, out there to more people. Yeah, you have a bigger platform to reach people on. But this people... I mean, the people and can the still thing. get their... You gotta do a couple extra steps, but you can still get your stuff on that product. We... We know how fanboys are, though. People. Oh, I know. No, I I think it sucks. Yeah. I, I, mean, I I was not looking. Sucks. I I'm was not looking forward to having to do that. And then I was like, oh, I can totally do this on my phone. I I am okay with this now. See, it's but a you... much smoother process now for me because instead of having to click and download, I can click all the ones I want to purchase, hit purchase instead of having to. You couldn't at first, though. Like the first, I think, day or two that I had it active, you had to oh. do the same thing, and then they. They, they realize, like, oh, well, with Google, we can just have them put this information in. Yeah, it didn't, it happened after I bought comic books. Yep. So it didn't, it didn't affect me. I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer. Why haven't they had a, a cart at all, you know, before? I didn't realize it was because they were no longer taking Google Play money or Google or, mm. you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. I just didn't even think about it when they told me to register my credit card information. When I, because I'm like, add card. I'm like, I thought they had. Card already. Like, how was yeah. I purchasing stuff before? 
I didn't really even realize when I would be on my desktop and I'd be like, if I would buy something, because mm-hmm. I'd just be online and be like, oh, Comixology, the interface is different. Let me see if I can find something better mm-hmm. than what I've been reading now. If I'd buy something, I would just go through PayPal. Like, I don't have my credit card on. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I got the hint. Which is smart, you know, you know, keeping things decentralized, probably good. And PayPal's nice, like, it's simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, That's other, all than, I got. other than I, I mean, I definitely, I definitely understand your frustration. Yeah, I would be pissed too. Just, I'm not I'm pissed. It's just annoying. Yeah, I would be annoyed. I want. I just want to read wake up, comic books. Pull out your phone and buy some comics because that's what we loved about the app. That, yeah, that was the that's thing. That's what is, you guys were like, dude. It's so easy. Just yeah. I I, I would wait. I'd wake up before work and I'd just pull my phone out and be like, new comics. Boop 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 boop. Um, except I found like after eight thirty is when the new comic books come on. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Or Eastern Time, because I don't know um, what standard means anymore. Um, but some other news is after after the announcement of the Justice League movie that is going to be coming out, and uh, Zack Snyder going to be acting or uh, directing that. Um, acting as a director. He's acting there as a director. Warner Brothers has announced that they have nine other franchises going into the pipeline. Mm. And probably one of them is probably going to be the Joseph Gorvin Levitt, uh, Sandman that he's trying to get going. And, you know, they've been talking about Aquaman now being in Justice League. So Wonder Woman, it could be just all the people, all the players in Justice League and maybe some other stuff. Su- you know, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow. Will they call it Suicide Squad, or will they call it like Task Force Task Force X? That's hard to enunciate. They probably call it Suicide Squad. It's catchy. Yeah. Have they ever referred to it as Suicide Squad, like in any other medium? Uh, Green Arrow or Green Arrow. Arrow. Arrow like, they call it they, Suicide well, Squad. They refer to it as like Task Force X, but everyone's like, "No, I'm not joining your Suicide Squad." Like they know. Okay, yeah, yeah. they hint at it, but they refer to. The I squad think the only time in media other than comic books, it's Task Force X is uh, X is uh, Justice, Justice League Unlimited because it's a kids show. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, but some of the other stuff that was mentioned in that exact same article, article, um, one of them was Fables, one was Shazam. Fables, really? Oh, wait, because Fables, hold on, I'm sorry. Because Fables was going to be the ABC show, but then it got supplanted by Once Upon a Time. Oh, and here it is, sorry. That could have just been, like, stuck in my brain because I really want a Fable show. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's... It's called Once Upon a um, Time. Among these titles are big screen adaptations of Sandman, Fables. Um, Why the Last Man? Is that listed? Not listed. As a DC comic? Um, Shazam is one of the other ones. And I think they're still trying to push for like that Justice League Dark movie. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Shazam makes sense because there was that short-lived television, live series television show back in the 70s, right? Is that one it was? Or? Yeah. Oh, but in movies that have come out news, we're looking at Amazing Spider-Man. Number two, uh, Box Office Mojo has an estimate for this we- opening weekend at $92 million, which is just a little bit off of what Captain America The Winter Soldier pulled down, which was $95.7 million, its opening weekend. Uh, I think there's going to be a push for a storyline that, you know, 
comic book movies are on downward cycle, and I don't think it's true. No, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I think Amazing Spider-Man is going to be one of those things that it's going to keep making money. Like just because it didn't have a crazy big opening weekend doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's ultimately going to be a failure. It is facing some critical reviews and also word of mouth score. It's a yeah, B+. It, it's getting some. It's getting a lot of negative. Um, it, the negative reviews I saw online kept me from going to see it this weekend because I'm like, it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Ooh, and if it's not good, I don't know if I want to sit through the two hours and fifteen minutes of it. Uh, um, I have to say, I enjoyed it. I thought it's what. It's everything I thought it was going to be and how it was going to play out. I enjoyed a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. The Spider-Man stuff made me think of just straight out of the comic book page. Um, but I I did walk out of it going... I, I did not walk out of it the same way I felt about like Captain America the Winter Soldier, which I saw three times in the theater. And I still, like, a guy at work hasn't seen it. And I was like, I'll go see it again. I'll, I'll see it with you, buddy, if you want to go see it. Mm-hmm. This, like, I figured I'd probably go see it with Chris at some point, yeah, and and I would see it again, but I don't have that crazy hunger mm-hmm. to see it again like I did Winter Soldier. Like, I mean, like, when you when you were like, are we still going to do that? I was like, yeah, let's go! I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. down! This one, after I saw it with Chris, if somebody else wanted to do it, I'd been like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. I'll see it with you. Um, just to jump in to what we were talking about before, two of the other projects mentioned in the um, like release were 100 Bullets and Metal Men. Oh, 100 Bullets has been talked about a couple yeah, times. Yeah, keeps getting talked about. If but they can do a Big Hero 6 in an animated yeah. version, then they should be able to do a Metal Men. I think Metal Men as like an all-CGI could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, V3 is enlisted? Nope. Because I thought there was rumors of Wii 3 That's getting made. Been like it's been, yeah, yeah, but... but I, I don't know if there's enough there to flesh it out without it basically just being homeward bound. <laughs> With crazy guns. Crazy guns. It is homeward bound plus guns. <laughs> I know. Homeward bound is just great on its own. Um, last couple... Uh, I haven't seen that movie in forever! And it actually probably has been like... What's the 25 years. Uh, there's Homeward Bound, Bound 2, and, An Incredible Journey. Uh, no, there's the one with the the dog that's going across country to find Bingo. his family. Bingo. Yes. Fuck, I knew that way too fast. <laughs> and what, uh, Otis and, uh... Milo and Otis. Oh, Milo, Milo and Otis. Uh... <laughs> Let's talk about other shit, because this is Met, depressing me. Uh, they've, uh, Marvel has announced that the Netflix shows with Daredevil uh-huh. and, uh, Luke Cage and everything is in the same universe as what's going on with the movies. It is part of the cinematic universe. So there's that. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has got an, another actor. And it is Stan Lee. He will be making an appearance what? in it. It's a Marvel movie. I don't think he needs to be in it, especially because he doesn't know anything. And he yeah. said that he wasn't pulling yeah. for it or wasn't expecting to be in it. Yeah, remember. and it was just one of those things that, no, it's it's a Marvel movie and you're Stan Lee. Like, we you're want... the editor we... Imperious Rex... Is that his title? I think it should be. It's not, but it's... Uh, Curious Editor Rex? Of the... edit, edit, like, Editor Emeritus. But yeah, emeritus. it should be Editor Curious, Curious Rex. Rex. But I think it's just that moment of... I, but actually, I don't think he actually even had... He said actually like three times in that sentence. Fuck me. He doesn't hold that title anymore after everything that happened with him trying to sue Marvel for oh. the rights back. Huh. Yes. So what does he hold? 
His dick. <laughs> He, he holds a reservation in every single Marvel movie coming up. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as executive producer. Well, that's nice that they're, like, it's still this olive branch that's held, like, no hard feelings. Like, I know you're not getting your, your million dollar a year payout. Uh, he's, he's still getting money, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but I mean, it, the thing was, is it's just like, the, He's not. Does You're, he get a producer credit on these movies? Still? He, yeah, on every single Marvel movie, he is listed as an executive producer. Um, but it's kind of that thing of like, no, you you are the face you, of Marvel. Yes, yeah, you are the yes. face of Marvel. You made it everything so. Um, so I, I'm kind of happy about that. Like, not yeah. that I, not yeah. that I really care, but I do always enjoy those moments when you're like, it's Stanley. Not. Not that I'm going to be looking for it all, but it came out with him actually talking about he had filmed a like cameo. He was like, filmed it with a really pretty girl. I don't know what's going on, who I was, but uh, I was there and I said I said something. <laughs> what's fun? So good on him. <laughs> I was painted green, like the Hulk, He's who was originally supposed to be gray, but green was cheaper. Anyway, <laughs> how cheap was this beer that we got? Uh, it's, it's a blue point, uh, ballast point, and these I like, aren't. I like blue point. Uh, this is a ballast point I beer. Love it. It yeah, sorry, point. it's not blue point. I know. I'm just talking about blue point now to fill space. Okay, the, but this beer that we're drinking is the double IPA ale from Ballast Point. Ballast IPA point. ale. Yeah, because I'm redundant. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say that's like going to an ATM machine. I am being re. Dundant and repetitive, Chris. Thank you. Uh, and if you notice, it does say enjoy by, uh, like, 2 12, 14. Oh. So we're a couple months over the best buy on this. That couple months hasn't hurt it. No, it's still quite enjoyable. You get a little cherry notes from the previous beer. <laughs> <laughs> the cherry notes from the previous beer really stand out amidst the hops. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's still, it's still a nice, enjoyable, drinkable beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock it. I'd still probably drink it again. I'd still, I'd go like, oh, here's a fresh bottle. I'll try it mm-hmm. fresh. Um, no, oh, enjoyable. It's, yeah. We we've had such a bad habit of it's buying nothing. beer, putting it down there to drink, and then and then we and had, then we look at it, and then we had the point where we we're like, oh, we need to start clearing out the <laughs> cellar, and stuff got pushed to the back. And the thing is, when we put it down in the cellar, we're like, okay, we need to drink this. At this time. So, in four episodes from now, we'll do this yeah. one. And then, and then we would go down there four episodes from then and totally forget about it. But four, because we four episodes from then, we had brought more beer down to the cellar mm-hmm. and, and yeah, shoved it in there. And, uh, We're like, we brought this so we, we can drink these other beers tonight from the cellar. Yeah. I think tomorrow when we hang out, we should take an inventory of what's in there and like, try to... Look at, look at dates. Try to plan too. out, like, this show will have these beers, we'll these beers, and these beers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not something that we had on the show. Um, It's a beer that I had brought back from Michigan that we had with Randy. Yeah, Um, the Ska Brewing Skank and Dirty Double IPA. I actually like that a lot more than this. And Mm -hmm. drinking this, I was like, I wish this was as good as that. Like it, it just tastes like it's not bad. It's good, but it just tastes like an IPA. I like more just like I like more that just like honey. Like just the sweetness yeah. that you get, and that's what that skink and dirty had. This yeah. is the resin. 
It does have the resin. I, I enjoyed it enough that I finished it before we got to talk about it. Yeah, I was, I've been drinking it. I finished it in order to finish it. And uh, what well, we got to go to next? We got to is... go to the list, and uh, since we're talking about things we have to talk about, what book? Are, Let's talk about uh, things we have to talk about. What, that we have to talk about? What, what book uh, do you have to talk about? Uh, that's so. Chris, what are you reading? You always do that. Why am <laughs> I know, you always? Because you go, and then I hear that mouse wheel like scrolling. That you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to read right now. Uh, oh, they got to click on it. I'm on the Marvel site, so I'm not going to be able to tell you who's writing it or what's going on in this book. Fine. Yes. Yes. yes? Sure. I, is that what's going on That's right exactly now? Oh, now that. you went over to DC. <laughs> I went to DC. I can't see the screen. <laughs> and he's still clicking, and right, he's well, not picking. I'm I'm actually looking forward to... Go ahead. Okay, I was waiting for it, because you, you leaned in. I'm not going to steal it I'm looking forward to Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, number two, written and drawn by Carrie Andrews. Um, we'll talk about number one in our main topic this week, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but... Yeah, like, there's some stuff coming out that I'm looking forward to, but this was the book that was like, oh, that's going to be the very first one that I go to when it comes time for me to log into the Comixology <laughs> website. When I have to do all this... Like, my books. I got to do a bunch of bullshit. Go over to this. John? I'm hoping you can talk about your book after Paul tells me what his book is. I am interested in Batman Eternal number 5 for reasons Ooh. that we'll be talking about during the... We do, but during our main topic. This list is shrouded Ex- in secrecy. Except the thing is, <laughs> looking at the cover for Batman number five, he's like fighting off nanobots that are drowning like Red Robin. And I have no idea how nanobots would play into what's happening in the story right now. I, I don't know either, but here's the thing. Since switching to comicsology over print, I pay no attention to covers anymore. See, I talked about that with, you know, us going to digital, and you're like, no, it, it's because they're the thumbnail that gets you to... Per- yeah. But I would think it, they should be more iconic and less story-based. Because yeah. here's the thing, like, thinking about just like that, I don't remember what any of the covers for Batman Eternal look like. <sighs> but I can still, like, imagine going into this comic shop and being like, oh, I was going to buy, like, an issue of Batman. Yeah, this cover grabbed cover, my attention. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I do agree because it's not, you're buying something on title, not cover. Yeah. You know? I think it's, it, it has changed the medium for us. Uh, but I'm looking forward to number 40 of the six gun. Uh, Sinclair and Becky are trying to get out of the town. They're being chased by Jessup. Oh, I don't want spoilers. Now I know that they're going to be in a town uh, in 32 issues from where I left off. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're being chased by a character named Jessup, who, plug your ears, guys, uh, I'm not. is now carrying Missy Hume's gun and has also been fueled, is fueled with rage and power from General Hume's mother. What? Who's a crazy snake lady sorceress. And I don't mean snake lady like she's got a bunch of snakes. No, she's actually like snake woman. Uh, and it's been really crazy and shit's been happening. Like, it's been an intense book. And, uh, I, every month, it comes out in the beginning of the month and I pick it up for one of the first things I read. And then I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta wait another month for this. Well, that's great because, that's what the list is all about. 
that comic book that you pick up that you can't wait to read. And I can't wait for our next dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Fraggle Rock, number one, page eight, panel five. What is Fraggles? Oh, what is And that was a dramatic reading. What was that? Oh, okay. It was one of the Gorgs. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be a Fraggle. Nope. No. I wouldn't know. I don't remember the show at all. I've watched three episodes recently. And by recently, I mean between, like, three weeks ago and the past four years. Okay. Because people bought it on DVD, and I've sat down and watched, like, one episode at a time. And this, um, this spam. All I know is I need to delete this off my phone now. And it's... I Did you buy that through Comixology? Yeah, it was free. Make sure I download that out of my phone. <laughs> um, I think it's just what's, free. What's strange, actually, this isn't something I would normally ever talk about, ever. Um, on Disney Junior, now they're doing a Doozers, like CGI. Oh, really? Like cartoon show. The Doozers were my favorite. It, it seems like it's almost like a Bob the Builder type thing. Yeah, but it it's like sense. the Doozers, yeah. like... Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I, it was like, I always like, wanted to eat those, but I just figured they taste like Rock candy. I think <laughs> what? I figured they would taste like peas. Yeah, I can understand that. But yeah, when, like, you would, when you would, I completely forgot about that until we started. All the like the, the crystal, the crystal stuff that they would eat. I don't remember that eating. That's they'd always like, like break them. Hats. They'd oh yeah, but no, the fraggles would always break down whatever they were building and eat it. And it always was that, that, like, like it was that crystal. It was like always looked like like glass crystal stuff, and they would eat it. Oh, maybe it was like hard candy. That's what I said. It always, I always thought it tastes like rocking into you, dick. Sorry, I was listening to you. I started, I was thinking about Fraggles way too much. I gotta borrow your habitat. Do you have that? So I can go to the job site and not get yelled at anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talking about dozers. Remember. Uh, Talking about yeah. comic books. <laughs> My, might be broken. I don't remember. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. I, I did have two of them. It's going to chop in my head. Uh, when I got That's that hard hat, when it was given to me, it was by a girlfriend's father, and then I kept asking him to hit me in the head, and he wouldn't do it, so I just ran my head into a wall, and I broke it. That taught him. Right? And then he gave me a new one, because oh. I was like, it broke. <laughs> Mr. Dennis, I broke my hat. Give well, me a new one. Well, it ain't broke. I was going to say, one of the things you won't break is the bank when you buy a beer from our next brewery. Actually, you could. I, I know. Depending I don't, on some of their beers. I don't remember how much this one was, but I like I bought stuff from them recently, and it's it's not too terrible. They're nor- they, I mean, eight ninety nine. It's a normal price for. But if uh, you're gonna slap on a hard hat and help your dad at his construction site, you might want to drink this beer afterwards because it's. What we have here is it's from Rogales. It's Dad's Little Helper Black IPA. Um, apparently, I bought this at some point. Yes, you did. Yes. I don't know. I it's probably because the dude and it's on the labels wearing checkerboard ties and I'm uh, Scott kid. I think it was because it was also a, it's a black, black IPA. IPA. It was a black IPA from Rogue. Um, we enjoy the Rogan the, is hit and miss with me. Yeah, I, I would agree, but I, I think they're a little bit more hit though. Like we the Mocha in, Porter. Um, what is it? Santa's, Yellow Snow. Santa's a little helper. Uh, I didn't like Santa's There's, a little helper. No, I, I did. I like enjoyed okay. the Yellow Snow. Yellow Snow is a good yeah. IPA. But I think he grabbed this because it was a black IPA from Rogue. Most likely. Um, it's a lot more smoky on it than I would have assumed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think like, black. You get a lot I think of that. malt, not smoked. Yeah, it, and this is a smoked IPA. It's a lot of toasty on that front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's good, though. I it's, enjoy it's it. It's a lot different than any other of the IPAs that we had. Yeah. The but black it, IPAs. That we had. I do like it. I don't think I've checked into it yet, but it's something I would drink again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever search it Seek out. Seek it out. But if I saw it somewhere. Definitely. Like, And I was thinking, like, oh, I could use a black IPA and... There's none of my other go-tos I love that we kind of, like, say this, and it's purgatory slash, if listeners want to just send us free beer. Just send us shit. It's cool. (laughs) I've I've had it before at some point. We'll drink it. Send us your unwanted beer, listeners. Send us your pics. Courtesy of Paul at paulshouse.com. Martin Road Studios. The Martin Road Studios. That's where you would send it. Because we already gave away that address at least twice. Yeah, you have to listen to like 212 episodes to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I like it. I I like it. It kind of tastes like... Uh, I've had this before, too. <laughs> Dad's Little Helper Black IPA, formerly Dad's Little Helper Malt Liquor. Mm. I don't remember, remember when I had this. I gave it three before. I gave it three as well. I think that's three and a half. Yeah. I, would go. I, I would say I'd go up to three Four. and a half right now. It's very smoky, and you know it doesn't taste like a malt beverage at all anymore. No, and here's the thing: like I know we talked about it before, just being really smoky up front, but it's mm-hmm. kind of it's bridging that gap from an IPA to a porter. Yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say it tastes a lot like from the fuse box, like if you mix the porter with the IPA. Okay. It, you definitely get that porter right mm-hmm. up front, and then that IPA kind of right in the back of your tongue. So it, it's good. I like it. Yeah, definitely. You missed that, Chris. We did that for the not episode. We drank okay, half. Yeah, we, we, we drank half that box together. Yeah, we drank some oh, of okay. that. I was like a week ago. Oh, okay. So you didn't. It was the Tuesday that you canceled on us, and we went home and like, yeah, fuck, ball, we're drinking. I canceled because I had a family. No, emergency. yeah, you it's didn't okay. have to say that. Well, I got a. Com- I, it made me sound like a dick. I got a comic book emergency though. What's the comic book emergency? I need to talk about books that I read in April. Yeah, let's do that right or, now or on May fourth. <laughs> yeah, but these are books that we bought. No, I know, but half we all read most yeah, of them on April fourth. Yeah, or May fourth. You don't need to know that. You didn't need to say that. Uh, I did. For all they know, we're on top of the game constantly. <laughs> Much like. Do we want to just get all four uh, issues of Batman Eternal out of the way? Yeah, we can yeah. talk. Let's talk about Batman Eternal. Uh, probably the book that we were most looking forward to in yeah, the, so. the past month. And, and we, we have spoken a little bit about mm-hmm. it. And I'll say this is something that I'll probably continue to be looking forward to for the upcoming year. Chris, how much, uh, to not talk about Batman Eternal for a second. How much do you love the Batman series, uh, Cataclysm? I love Cataclysm. Really? Yeah, and uh, No Man's Land afterwards. And No Man's Land afterwards? Yeah. How about, uh, The Gang Wars? Oh, hell like Gang War. Loved War Crimes. War Crimes? Was that what it was called? War, well, there was War Games and then War Crimes was the yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. Love that. So, in my estimate, Bruce, I'm just... Bruce let me, Wayne, let me Bruce do Wayne cal- murderer? Bruce Wayne fugitive? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> let me do some calculations real quick. Oh, he's typing really fast. He's, he's in you, the Matrix. Okay, I'm, I'm he's the, on Marvel again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and plug in Thank your love you. for those series, and that means equal... You're going to love Batman Eternal. 
wow. It's almost <laughs> like it knows that I want a Batman family book and just see everything that Batman has to offer in one book. Yeah, it's it's the bringing together the Batman family to t- uh, solve a crisis that's happening <clears throat> that is larger than Batman. In their own backyard. In their own backyard. It's in Gotham City, so technically I'm not lying. He doesn't call in any Justice Leaguers at this point, though. Because that's not no. what he does. But he doesn't... He, yeah, he it's not what he does, but it's also... But yes. Uh, He can self-contain it, because he's got so many family members that can come in and help him. Because what we have is Batman Eternal. This is DC's first weekly series mm-hmm. since Trinity. And that's four, four or five years ago. Yeah. No, Wednesday Comics. Oh, Wednesday Comics, yeah. Forgot about the really good That was three years ago. Four? It was right... Yeah, Wednesday Comics Comics started coming out right when we first started recording, so four. Was it four? Yeah. Because aren't we hitting five years doing the show? We will be, yeah. 2009 is when we started. Because we did our... I thought Wednesday Comics happened the year before the New 52. No. No. Oh. No. Oh, wow. Chris was, I mean, you were still living with Bill, yeah. so that's that's four years right there. Okay. Yeah. Well, my bad. Oh, it's DC's first weekly miniseries, or ongoing series, in a while. Yes. At um, least four years. <laughs> at least four years. And we've got... A while. Not a long time. Mm. Uh, written by a great team of writers. We've got Scott Snyder... James Tinian. Tony Bedard on it? I don't know. But I know those two have been writing these first four issues at the very least. And then the <clears throat> art is rotating between We, we have bunch. rotating art. Um, the most, one that, re- most recent one done by Dustin uh, Wynn, which... Yeah, I really I, enjoyed I, I think that was the my favorite art so far. And then, like the ones before, I think, like, Jason Fabbis. Not that they weren't bad, but for some reason, this one Dustin just Wynn hit me. does the capes really well. They're always very fluid, very up in the air, and he does Gotham as a very smoky city. There's like just, there's always smoke in the background. There's just something about the whole look of the book that I was just totally drawn to. A very angular nose, cape and cowl um, on all like. And I delete I deleted off my phone so I can't go back and look at it. Um, but Dustin Wynn does a good job. But yeah, I really series, I really liked it. What does Batman? What is Batman Eternal? Batman Eternal is uh. Spoilers for issue three. Ready. You know, these we're doing reviews. We're yeah, going to talk is, about spoilers. This is a weekly we're series sorry. that we've had four issues of so mm-hmm. far. So and in issue all, three, ready to go. you realize that Carmine uh, Falcone. Falcone has come back to Gotham and is going to, and is going to try to take back his city. He views, he's been ostracized for the last five years on the outs in exile. Uh, Batman and the Penguin and other force and the police, uh, namely Commissioner Gordon. Uh, that's how he actually moved up the ranks. It was by waging war on the Falcone crime family and getting the getting them out of the city. And uh, and even though major players that he's put into certain positions are still there, that mm-hmm. he's coming back to draw his favors from. Yep. And the thing is, is yeah, he's coming back to extract revenge and reclaim Gotham. And he has machinations all in place because he had political power, you know, ties ties into the city. He's ha- he put people in the police department that remember who he is and 
would rather go back to dealing with mob bosses than lunatics running out and running around in capes and cowls. Yeah. And one of the points they make is, with you here, there's even more crazy things going on and crazy people, criminals, happening. And this wouldn't have happened in my city. Yeah, he had he had a grasp on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's... Like, the big thing for me with this one is... Issue number one, and we kind of talked about this, I think, in one of the yeah, yeah. lists. It's, it was very much a Commissioner Gordon book where he's pursuing someone in the subway and guy's got a gun. Gordon takes a shot at him. Nope, guy didn't have a gun. Gordon hits like a control panel. Two subway cars collide mm-hmm. mid-track. And now Gordon is being And 160 some odd people dead. The major railway in the city was down. Yeah. You know, cost billions upon maybe even a billion dollars. And, and yeah. Gordon is a lot of shit bad. blamed for all this and incarcerated and he's no longer commissioner, which brings one of Falcone's men in. Like, mm-hmm. right after, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but at the same time, we have Gordon bringing in his own new lieutenant as well, mm-hmm. who's going to be From working. Chicago, yeah. He's going to be working along with him and Harvey Bullock and, like, Maggie Sawyer. Like, mm-hmm. basically, like, Gordon's team of good cops, like, fighting yeah. against everything else. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a lot of machinations that were placed in these first four issues, but you definitely see, oh, this is going to be it's- a really big... It's going to be really big. In that first Batman. issue, we had the complaint that it was kind of like, oh, it's all set up. But all four of these issues have been set up. It's just now it's just building. It's the roller coaster where you're just going ching 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 yeah. up that first up Paul, that first Paul, hill. Paul hate that anticipation though. <laughs> um, but every ching is like, oh, Batman's really far behind on this. Oh, he's way too far behind on this. He's not going to get out in front of this. How bad is it going to be until he can finally catch up with this? Nope, it's all going to be well, damage control. And I think it was either issue two or three where you have Cobblepot too, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What? No, like Falcone's is, not back. In this my is city. my city. Like yeah. I would, I would know. This is mm-hmm. this is my city, and like people are leaving him. Like, yeah, that was issue three. Issue two is like I, I was definitely going to be here for a while with this book, but it was issue two when Falcone is. Re- finally revealed that you're like, okay, this he's is gonna really be wearing big. A stupid, uh, like an affliction roast. Yeah, and he's though, got under he's a got suit, under a suit coat. Like, and he's... then in issue four, he looks like a really old man that's grizzled. And I'm like, is this <clears throat> is this like his that guy's dad that Batman's talking to? And then you see the claw marks in his face, and you're like, no, no, this is the same guy, just a different artist, uh, doing it older take on the guy. See, yeah. Well, he's. That was him casual, like, hey, casual meeting, I'm back in town, and now he's back in town, yeah. so he's got to look the part. Yeah, it was kind of like... But yeah, I mean, you can, you're, you're going you're gonna to have different, I mean, yeah. different artists have are going to have different takes. Um, yeah, but there's character design and a character bible that you would think that would be in place but, for what the character... But would, again, this is, you the, know. This is the guy that just got into town within the last 12 hours. He's been setting stuff up, but he's just traveled to town, and now he's the guy that You're that's, looking for story reasons. I'm looking for editorial. Like, I'm just thinking, dro- yeah. the, I think editorial dropped the ball on having a set character design for this, for Falcone. But here's the thing, like, when you see Falcone, you know it's Falcone, like... 
I didn't. That's why I said I in the fourth issue when Dustin. But he's McQuinn, got the scratches, like yeah, the scars on his. But face they there, revealed so. it, you know, because he was talking to the uh, later, like it, like during that conversation, the first part of that soon, conversation with Batman as, and uh, Falcone. I thought he was talking to a, his like the guy's father. Or something. As soon as as soon as Batman sh- showed up there and Falcone walks out and was like, "What's going on?" I knew it was Falcone right away. Yeah. Really? Okay. I, I didn't have that moment of, uh. And I just saw, like, oh, he's in a suit. Like, he's in a suit now. Like, now he's... The before was the setup of the game. Now this is him okay. ready for the game. This is him all geared up. This is him in his shoulder pads and helmet going onto the field of war. He was mobstered up. He was... He, he mobstered up, yes. I, I just thought it was... So- I, I think I think it's one of those I, things that is going to be really important for the full series to make sure their character de- character designs. Yeah, but you, are d- yeah, but you don't. This is issue four, mm-hmm. and you saw him like in a sh- like a t shirt yeah. and suit, casual look, and now in he a, looked a lot suit younger, room. and then he looked a lot older in issue four. It's, I know, but <laughs> the guy's got white hair, a mustache. Does he have a mustache? Yeah. Yeah. He's got like the little, like, like, yeah, he's got the mustache. He's got like the white hair on the side and a little bit of black on top. Jim Gordon and the guy, the young guy that he brought in look really similar. I think that that's done purposefully though. Yeah. To like have, like evoke that response like, oh, no, he's, he's I have he's to look at him the same he's cloth. The, yeah, he's a young Gordon. He's the young Gordon. He's wearing the cooler hipper glasses and he has a mustache. Wait, does this Jim Gordon not have a mustache then? No, this Jim Gordon doesn't, but he's behind bars and he's growing a scruffy beard. It's, it's, I'm saying it's going to get a little confusing when the art changes every issue. I really think, Paul, you're the only person oh, yeah. that's had this problem so far with it. Cause even the stuff with, um, Stephanie Brown, I think she's looked the same throughout. You know, yes, mm-hmm. it's a different artist drawing her, but she's looked the same. And I'll say, the art stayed consistent still. It's not like I've got, like, oh, issue one looks like a Batman comic. Issue two looks like a Batman comic. Issue three, what the hell is this? Okay, issue four kind of looks like it. Like, they've all <laughs> held the same kind of tone. Yeah. It's not been jarring seeing, like, a different artist. No, and, like, issue like issue four, whoever that artist was, I Dustin just... Win. Dustin Wood. Dustin Wood. I was just like... Oh, I just really like this guy's style. Dude, get, dude loves Batman, and it shows. He does a uh, little Gotham, doesn't he? Yeah, he did the uh, little Gotham stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. I, f- I follow him on Tumblr then. Yeah, he must. You should know he did this then. Uh, he, he's been like really proud of the uh, little Gotham toys coming out, so uh, he always really? puts pictures of those. Oh, that's that's cool. I would be praying. I'd actually get. I think some of the some of the designs and stuff that he did are look really cool. So I, I actually wouldn't mind getting those. But it feels like it's this. Batman Eternal is going to be up there with what we used to get, you know, almost every other summer, if not every summer, with the Batman family books where they would cross over. And it wasn't a weekly series, but it was about that because it would be every single issue of Batman. Like every Batman related book would Mm -hmm. be the next chapter in the story. And that's really what kind of got me more or back into Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk before I was buying comics again, reading those Batman trades like Contagion, where it was like, dude, there's this disease out there, but this guy Azrael's awesome. Like that's how I found out about Azrael. Hmm. And then it was like, oh, dude, this is the guy that 
like took over when he broke his back because I knew about that because I still read Wizard because that's what the cool kids did. Um, <laughs> that's how you need it. You got in the know then. You didn't have all these comic book websites. Yeah, like that was the thing. Or podcasts. Like us were the mm-hmm. best. But like I seriously went to the Hamburg li- like public library in the village and I would take out the graphic novels or the trade paperbacks that they had because they had like all the Batman ones. Hmm. So it was, it was great. And getting back into comics like three years later with this guy over here, and I started reading Batman that, again. That was me. That like was I, I knew what was going on almost because hey, I could keep up on the events. Our and listeners know that Paul doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but this, Paul wouldn't have that fun. We're all, like only four issues in, and this is already reading like one of those events. Like if issue one had been in Detective Comics, mm-hmm. issue two had been in Batman, issue three was in... Court of the Owl style. Yeah, like I, I feel like I would be getting the same story mm-hmm. because each one is continuing the story on, but it's focusing on someone different almost. Mm-hmm. And like you said, issue number three with Stephanie Brown. I was so happy to have that back. Especially her stumbling upon her dad, like, hanging out with his criminal buddies. See, now, this is the thing with this series. They're actually doing spoiler exactly how they probably should have done every Robin in the New 52. Just, we've had the New 52 for now we're going on its four third years. year. Is it four years? No, three. Yeah, you're okay, right. I'm three sorry. years. So we probably could have worked out a whole year of Dick Grayson, you know, as Robin. But with I and understand, then, you know, could have, but at the same time, they were trying to make it as yeah. streamlined as possible, like they do with Green Lantern. Like, no, like everything you read, it happened, but condensed down. Like, and I respect that. I don't want to read more. I say this having not read anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read more Dick Grayson as Robin becoming Nightwing. Dick. As Nightwing, then Batman, then as... I'm okay with accepting what happened, how it happened, but maybe a little bit different. The funky timelining yeah, thing? Like I'm, I'm okay with funky timeline like, instead of rehashing, I guess. But it doesn't seem like we even got that. It's so piecemealed right now where I'm confused about exactly what happened with everybody else. Like, okay, Tim but, was never really Robin. He was always Red Robin, and he had never really worked with Batman, like, side by side, never a real full sidekick. Because he knew what yeah. happened before, and like he was doing something mm-hmm. different. Like I can, I can respect that. Like it's, I love Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with putting on those big comic book fan goggles mm-hmm. and being like, no, but I don't have that Tim Drake now. Like this is what I have, and it's close enough. But we're gonna get a full this Stephanie is the, Brown series this is, here in Eternal. I'm, I'm still okay with that. Like, but she's been out of comics. Not that long. Not that long, but but enough for people who might have gotten back into 52 to not know who she is. For people who might not have been reading Batman when she was in Batman. I'm going to say this, too. For the people that were upset with how she was treated during the War Games thing and then coming back as Batgirl and then that series being canceled out, like, like a fresh start, people will probably be okay with seeing this. Depending on where it goes, mm-hmm. but I, I can definitely understand. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's a a thing that people who might be getting in didn't realize that she was Batgirl, or it's giving it is giving her a fresh start where she 
wasn't bad girl, but we're not we're not taking away from the fact that she was bad girl, but that she was the spoiler, and this is her starting point in this new DCU. Which I'm I'm glad to see. Like I've always enjoyed the character. I wasn't as big of a fan as Chris was of her, mm-hmm. but I did appreciate and I did like her and I enjoyed her as Batgirl. I was I was pissed that I was pissed that I like from her as Batgirl. I didn't like her before. Um, but no, I I Chris let me borrow a a bunch of those Batgirl issues and I I really liked her. I really liked the I think the costume was. The best too. I really like that outfit with the purple. With yeah. the purple, but then with the like the the gray like kind of oh, I bubbled. Thought that was purple. I thought that part was cape was purple. I, I thought was the siding. I don't remember. No, it's like purple down the sides. Yeah. Is it purple with that yeah. bubbled purple? Yeah. Whatever. It's been it's been fucking years. Who cares? But I enjoy. Q Miller cares because he was I, the writer. And I still care. Um, it's a great book. I. W- I would still like to have a page from that Batgirl run. Like, if, if I, it wasn't Pete, it was, ah, I'm blanking out of the artist, Lee Garbett. If I ever see him at a, like, convention and he's got pages there, they're like hundred bucks? Yeah, you, you both go to your phones. Paul to his computer. He's trying to, he's still trying to navigate the Marvel website. Oh, I'm, I'm just checking into all these beers that we um, drank and are going to if drink. I, it's, if I see a page for like under a hundred bucks, I'd I'd probably grab it. Like it's something that I'd like in my collection, you know, hanging up on a wall somewhere. Um, no, I agree. Like I like I enjoyed that series. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her return. Um, I enjoyed her as spoiler. I didn't read. I actually I don't think I read too much of her when she was Robin, um, for that short time, but. It's a character that I am so glad that she is back, and I don't mind seeing her beginnings again. I really I, don't. And as a Stephanie Brown spoiler Batgirl fan, I'm okay with it too because I just want to see the character. You know, I'm I'm all right with saying like, oh well, you know, we might have lost all this history, but you know, give me something great to go for, and not to make this a whole Batman Eternal. Episode, so let's. <laughs> I think up. I think we did, got it right. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Like when we were talking about the first issue, like when we'd be doing the list for like the past like two three weeks, it was all set up. We're getting more of the story while it's still setting up more, and I can't wait to see where Eternal winds up going. Yeah, I agree. I I agree completely. Uh. Lee Garbett on his homepage right now has a uh, picture of Stephanie Brown in that uh, Batgirl costume with her cowl off. So it's just her with her blonde hair going. So there's blonde that. hair going. Blonde mm-hmm. hair going. But Paul, what do you think about Eternal so far? Eternal, I, I think it's, you know, Court of Owls like, hinted at it, but it seemed more like the red skies kind of crossover and not that actual full crossover that we used to get from the Cataclysm, oh, No Man's Land, and that's why I kind of brought those up because uh, I feel like that this is that spiritual successor to that. Yeah. I do wish that maybe one of the Robins would get this cool new introduction into the DC universe instead of Stephanie Brown, but you know but, I, I have to. I can't 
judge a story for what it isn't. I have to judge a story yeah. for what it is, and it is good that we're uh, at least getting this new, uh, you know, an introduction to one of the characters into this large world. And think on this front, like, right from the beginning of the New 52, we had all those Robins already in play. Like, uh, yeah, they, they were, were all established. Yeah. And people, well, Stephanie Brown fans were like, we're Stephanie, we're Stephanie. Mm-hmm. People are still like, we want Cassandra Kane. we want Cassandra Kane. Yeah, because they mix and match like what they did. It's so exactly. weird. It's such. It's so messed up. That's so all I'm saying. The, the whole that bad family's messed DC up. DC is going forward and this might trying write the to ships. make this work. Yeah. Okay, like if they can make Stephanie Brown work as spoiler, who's to say we won't get Cassandra Kane coming in by issue twenty eight? Who knows? Maybe like we could be getting Black Bat again somehow. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll see. You know. They're tying Batwoman in again because she's even yeah. called in, and I didn't think she had any relationship to the Bat family in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, because I read the first quite you know first what five six issues of Batwoman after I, the New Fifty Two. Well, I, I think also like they really J H William and them they just kind of wanted it to be their own thing. But she can't be Batwoman without a Batman, you know. Like there has to be some kind of tie-in that they had had at some point. No, well, I don't There's know. There's got, I mean... You could. Yeah, but... Because for DC... Hey, this they, isn't a franchise, lady. <laughs> DC, for the longest time, did uh, the Supergirl that had no relation whatsoever to yeah. any super, to Superman. Lee Dan... What was her name? Lee Danvers? Lee... Um, Carol... You're, I think... I'm, like, mixing Carol two, Danvers, yeah. yeah. But it, that's okay. It doesn't matter. What matters is Sinestro number one. Oh, we're going to the Sinestro. Well, I right? think we're, what matters... Is, is this 2014 Imperial Stout? Oh, uh, we have all these beer. beers that we're drinking, so we should between each book probably talk about. Sounds them. good. So our next beer from get ready for a long episode, we're, listeners. We're, we're we're hitting we're hitting a big founders here right we're now. We're an hour twenty minutes in. Get ready to settle this. in for another. So at least yeah, 40 settle minutes. in. I believe. Uh, so this is uh, the Imperial Stout from Founders. This is their 2014. After this, we will drink their 2013. Um, this has a nice sweetness into it. Yeah, yeah. This is a I haven't really had this in forever. It I haven't had it since last year. It's a very opaque. Well, that's the last time I had it. Dark caramel beer. The, even like the 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 Ooh, head the smoky at the very end, like the, very very end. The head. Go ahead. The head on this is like caramel colored. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lot of times when you pour a beer and you have a nice white head to it. It's a dark. It's a mm-hmm. dark head going with this beer. I feel bad because when it comes to Founders, if it's something that's always available, I never buy it. Yeah. Because it's always there. Like, I can pick it up whenever, so I kind of look past it on the shelf, but this is... Uh, this is seasonal. Is it really? The Stout? Mm Mm-hmm. The Imperial Stout is. I didn't... I didn't even know that. Never mind. I take that back. Um, but I... I... Like, this... This last... 2013 is really when Founders became... One of the it breweries for me that I try to get everything and I can't tell you how much, uh, breakfast out I drank this year. I was buying it just anytime I saw it in a craft pack, I was buying it. I just really enjoyed it. And this is, this is a really nice imperial stout for it's smooth. You don't get that huge bite of the 10.5% alcohol that it wow. is. Uh, really nice, really smooth. And I said we had two bottles of 2013 that we were going to split next. I set the one aside. Let's grab another two, 2014 and age them for another year and do a 
a three back to back. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Um, but no, enjoyable smokiness. Yeah, really good. Everything, everything you'd want out of in an imperial stout. I'd get. probably take this over some of the Russian imperial stouts, like. The Boris the Spider we had on Easter was really good. I would take this over that. I like the bit of sweetness on this more than you would get from something like Old Rasputin. Yes. Yeah, you get a sweetness. But this isn't a Russian I, I know, Imperial. But if I had to like just go for an Imperial Stout or a Stout, I'd probably say this is something a little bit more drinkable and something I'd probably go to before. This would definitely make top five. Yeah. And I think like yeah. my so far like my top five for Imperial Russian Imperials in no particular order. Uh Storm King, Old Rasputin, this the and Old Storm King. The old Storm King. Mm-hmm. I think we had a wonky bottle. Yeah. That didn't taste right. And then uh the Russian Imperial from um Otter Creek. Like those would be that's my top four. I don't know what my fifth one is at this moment. If somebody put a set of beer, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, and that one. Um, but right now, this definitely fits into that top five. Yeah. I like it a lot. Much like I like Sinestro. Do you like Sinestro? Okay. I, I love Green Lantern. And Sinestro is always just one of those characters just kind of menacing in the background. Uh, Sinestro is probably up... Up there is one of my favorite villains, and I enjoyed how they they made him more of a good guy than a villain lately. That you know he had his reasons why he went bad and his you know all his issues, but I enjoyed how they kind of brought him back that he wasn't as bad as bad can be. He was redemptive. Um, and we get the next part of that in Sinestro number one, written by. John, one of your favorite writers, Colin Bunn, drawn by one of Paul's favorite artists, Dale Eaglesham. Yeah. And I have to say, that's the sexiest that uh, creepy book girl has ever looked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's weird. But, John, this is your baby, so you want to... Um, you take... You, you find Sinestro after everything that's happened... Uh, in the new 52 Green Lantern where he's kind of gone off on his own. He was kind of that in, he was the book, um, writing the book of Oa at the time. Like what was the end of, uh, Jeff Johns run that last issue showed him. He goes into the, does he go into the book of Oa or does he he doesn't go in, but he seems like he's one of those people. He he wants to get the secrets. Uh, He's, he's going after the secrets, I guess. Um, but you find, you find him alone, kind of a meditating kind of guy who's not using his ring, but using more of his own skills that he is, he has. And, and then you find that he, he has mastered fear at that point. Like it holds no power for him. Thank you. You just read this book. I did. It's been a month. <laughs> drawn on memory here. Um, and then you have the, the, the crazy, uh, Sinestro Corps book woman. Lissa Drack. Lissa Drack. The keeper of the Book of Sinestro. Who is now writing upon her body instead of keeping the book. Uh, who tells him that he needs to go back to run the Sinestro Corps. The, that fear core because of what the book has been kind of leading her on to know. 
and that the core is not being run properly by Arkillo. Arkillo. Yeah, he put one of his lieutenants in charge of the core in his absence, and and the guy just, who the guy who's also always trying to take over yeah. the core, and the dude's just like starts screaming. There's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they're just making extra yellow lantern rings, just like throwing them out there. Like mm-hmm. you get a ring, and you get a ring, you get a ring because he basically he, brought it onto Oprah. He did. He's trying to make, he's trying to just build up an army, but it's people that don't know and understand how fear works, and. And and also Sinestro doesn't really care about this except for they're kettle fodder, they're cannon fodder. Yeah. yeah, for the war. Except for the fact that she brings in his people, mm-hmm. who are still out there. There are some that got off the world, and now Korgar. it's Korgar. Thank you. Before it was destroyed. Before it was destroyed, and he seems more interested in finding those people and saving them, and that's why he goes back. And he does go back. And as soon as he does light up his ring, he does become pretty badass. Uh, but the bookkeeper is able to charge his ring. Yes. She's now imbued with, like, a battery. She is, like, a living battery. She's, like, a living battery. Herself, so. Because she is the living book of... Fear. Fear. The living book of... What was the the book of Sinestro? The the book of Sinestro, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He... It's Sinestro. He's... Yeah. He's egotistical. He's as very well. egotistical, and it's it's not the Yellow Lantern Core; it's the Sinestro Core. It's not not even like the Parallax Core. It's mm-hmm. it's all about him. So he set the Parallax free. He was imbued with it, and he set it free somehow. So where is it now? Is it back in the Yellow Lantern? Or? Uh, maybe you'll find out in the coming issue okay, of so Sinestro. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. As far as I know, I, I don't haven't know. been reading Green Lantern. I'll, I'll I don't the, know. Entities were out and about, um, and they kind of their own thing, which ties into the lights out crossover that they had, where the entities were dying, hmm. um, because the light of all the spectrums isn't infinite, and through using all of the energy, all the cores have been draining all life from the universe, and that's what oh. the big bad from that um, miniseries Relic? was. Relic. He was. He came from another universe where this happened, and that universe died because people were using the light. So he was trying to put an end to it in, like, the new 52, 52 universe, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I shouldn't have stopped reading Green Lantern. That sounds cool. It, it actually was really cool. So what we have going on now is, like, the Green Lantern Corps trying to police the use of the spectrum without using the spectrum. Ooh. It, it's interesting. Yeah, that well, sounds um, cool. Here, here's an energy saving uh, product. Instead of having two members for every sector, go back to one. Yeah, those rings are already out there, though. <laughs> Just but, depower them. They are no longer able to charge. Like, they are deauthorized for charging. All right, here's but the thing. it's a comic book, yeah. Paul. Who gives a fuck? But then, at the same time, because you, Paul, you're one of the guardians of the universe... Do you want your core cut in half? How, how do you not being able to? And who do you choose? Who do you, how do you choose? For how many billions of eons were they able to police the sectors just yeah. fine with just no, one? Don't say just fine because they fucked up things a lot. Well, with yeah, the manhunt. But here's the thing: but, is is how many people were on Earth for so long? You know, it's grown hugely. So you need 
three. <laughs> you got it on the car. So the population's now almost seven billion, Paul. So therefore, you know. Yeah, exactly. So all the, the you guardians, have to have yes, more. Yes, you're right. The right. guardians should go out there and start handing out condoms to the universe. But, I uh, understand. Like, the, the entities are, are out and castration. About. Just, just wanted to say. That <laughs> seems cool, but it seemed like. Man, the guardian, the guardians are heartless bastards. So why wouldn't they just like, nope, shut down half the rings? Well, no, because we have different guardians now. All the other ones are oh, dead. Oh. Some of them killed by Sinestro. Hey, uh, I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed the look of the book. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if I would go for issue two. I think if it's a light week, I might grab it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's definitely something that I'm interested in Sinestro in his own book like this, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's enough there from it to keep me on. After reading The Sixth Gun and seeing how Colin Bunn handles that, I'm more than okay with reading how he handles Sinestro. Like, it's very well done. The stuff with, like, Lissa Drack having the book of Sinestro written on her skin and, like, being able to charge his ring... It's just like a really cool storytelling mm-hmm. twist. I just don't think Dale Eaglesham was the artist for this kind of story. Like, you Paul, didn't like the Paul, uh, lion, the the alien, like tigers? the eight legged tiger yeah. thing. No, nothing the about that. Alien but look at Sinestro and just look how puffy he looks in everything. And he's real boxy. Yeah, he's very and boxy. Even the stuff with. How the book's written on her skin. I, I Dale Ingleship's always very bad. I'm Everybody's. Making, I'm probably making Paul upset by saying all this, and I'm sorry, but I think I get I, I, I get more like, bad when you talk about uh, from uh, Michael Allred. So go ahead. Yeah, but I, I feel like when it's one of those things. Like if I was writing, like, oh no, and Lissa Drack has the book of Sinestro written on her skin, I would have it looking a certain way in my head, and then the way it's kind of delivered in. Yeah, because I, it's revealed. It's not like when she walks up, it's all yeah, tattooed. It's not like scratch she like it's like glowing. the yellow, you know, I, I, because it's the color. Of I here. think it's one of those things that could look better. Okay. And Paul, we'll, we'll take a pause at some point to pour the next beer. Just look at how puffy everyone in that book is. I They've all been stung by fear bees. <laughs> yeah, but that's Dale Lingusham's body. It's, like, look at Forever Evil. Not. Look at. Or not he forever, didn't do forever evil. Yeah, but Villains United. Look yeah. at he it's, does his char- his yeah. male characters are that very box shape. I was and, never distracted chested. by it before, and it could be more in the coloring now. Okay. Too like it it's just really drawing attention, like everything's super puffy. I I, I didn't yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, I was just like, like, it, I was just like trying to Our think of supposed to be, but yeah. even Sinestra, like it looks one- it looks too, like, it's it's weird because it feels like it looks too clean for a Sinestro book. Like, I'd like it, like, a little more, like, villainy. But at the same time, he's that kind of clean-cut soldier. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, no, we're doing A, and then he's, we're going to do B. He's Hitler so, in a space tunic. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, no, it does fit. But, yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from, that, yeah, I want it to be a little bit different in the art. And I guess I'm not huge Dale Eaglesham See, fan. I, I love um, Villains United and everything from that with Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JSA. 
But there's like a panel towards the end of Sinestro number one where it's Sinestro like standing there and his shoulders are like four feet wide. And it's just like. Fantastic Four also. It's like, Uh no, like that just. People complain right. the, the same complaints were uh, leveled really? against him uh, with Fantastic Four that he made uh, Reed Richard look too you know stocky, too too bulky. That he See, looked. And I felt Sinestro was really like bulked up, and mm-hmm. that could just be attributed to like, oh no, he's been living on this like deserted planet, like killing animals with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. But for Reed Richards, like I've never seen him as being like that built. That barrel-chested yeah. man, and yeah, he, that's when you when I see Dale Eaglesham on a book, I expect that kind of get, stuff. Get ready for an ashtray when you take a sip. Oh, I don't want which that one ashtray. is this? This is the 2013. 2013. I'll take, I'll take a sip once we wrap up on Sinestro. I thought we did, uh, I'm but sorry. I, I know it's a book that I liked, and I would I would definitely read more of it. I there's not like there's nothing that I hate about this book, but I haven't been into that. Green Lantern series for like a year. Yeah. Sometimes when uh, well, I have all those issues downloaded. If you want to check them out. Sometimes like when you get away from a book and you just let it go for a while, uh, coming back to it, you're like, ooh, this is no longer what it was in my mind, and this is no longer as it was good. It's no longer as good as it once was. Much like this Imperial Stout. This Imperial Stout from 2000. 13 from Founders. Uh, this has turned into a weird sour, and then... I wouldn't say sour. It's got a weird it, sour... It has, like, the nose on it. Mm-hmm. Just take a mm-hmm. deep breath. Taste like. up front, and then you get all the smoke at the back end. You get the smoke at the end, it's like it's... vengeance. It is not a nice smoke flavor. Let's it's an sit. intense smoke flavor. Yeah, oh my god. It? Yep. Yeah. It just keeps at going. At first, I was like, no, like there's a sweetness, and then like there's a little smoke, and then it just flooded my mouth. Like I was standing over a campfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's different. Like the ashtray heart from Evil Twin, which is that kind of smoked that I porter. To be really yes, smoky. you ex- you expect that. Where this, it's just like, oh, we just had, <laughs> we just had the 2014. Oh, it's so enjoyable. There's a sweetness. I put this in my top. Four, yeah. five, and then this you're just like, Whoa. and you are like, oh, we're aging another 2014. Mm. I think we should. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. We should age. Well, we wouldn't drink it, so we'll forget in a year. Yeah, but it'll. Be it's so good year. right now. It's definitely something. And it's so bad later. It's. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not what you're expecting. I feel like someone just took one of those, um, the cobras, like those boxes <laughs> that you light. On the sidewalk, and, and it's you just, light it, and then like it's just like the black ash. Yeah, like, I feel like that just happened, and I licked the sidewalk afterwards. I feel like somebody fed our imperial uh, stout after midnight, and it's now turned from <laughs> that happy gremlin that I enjoyed, or that I bought from the weird shop down in Chinatown, to a weird evil See, creature that. The, the thing is so I, what I think, what what I, what what I feel like, what happened was, oh, we just drank this Russian imperial stout. And then somebody gave you something and said, oh, it's an Imperial Stout. Then you took a sip and you're like, no, that's a smoked porter. Yeah. Like, it turned into a smoked porter. Like, it's not it's not bad. It turned into no. a reptile. It used to be a fuzzy, happy creature. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but it's not, like, horrible. It's just a really big smoke that you weren't expecting. 
I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good smoked beer. If I can't get into that mind frame, I'm still thinking like, oh yeah, I had that imperial stout and it was delicious. Now I'm. What's the creature that sits on Jabba's lap again? Salacious crumb. If this beer could laugh, it would laugh like a salacious <laughs> crumb. Exactly. You're welcome. Sorry, <laughs> May the fourth be with you. Thanks. That's why I was making the reference. I know. I love you. <laughs> First time anybody said I love you on the podcast, and my wife no, has been on the podcast. No. no. Can't I think, be. no, we've, we've talked we've about it. We've probably said it a yeah, lot. Who said it? I don't, it's, it's not the beer that I. We say we love our listeners. Would a lot. expect or want. Maybe it's the beer I deserve. <laughs> you know, I, if you I take this sorry, sip, Jack and I ruined everything for me when it talks about what we want and what we get. <laughs> if you take the, you, if Nolan. you take this sip expecting it to be a porter, you'd go, "Oh, this is a really nice smoked porter." Knowing that it's supposed to be that imperial stout that we just had, yes, it's a big drastic change, but it's not bad. Okay. You won me over with that because I've been going in drinking it like that Imperial South, but going in thinking like, okay, smoked porter. It's not, but if it, it was, I'd be like, yeah, this, this is, really is good. This I, is the smoked porter I deserve. But no, it, I don't it, deserve it. <laughs> apparently. Yes, it, yes, like the, the drastic change over a year between these is pretty intense. It is. It's a big change. But it's not. It's not the same, but it is still a good beer. It is. It I is. mean, you, you just think, oh, porter, boom, yes. It was that initial shock that. It, this oh, it's the, a, this isn't the same stout. Well, I took that sip and I looked at you and I just said, think ash ashtray when yeah. you drink it. But it's not. Uh, so that's done with our DC books, right? We only have the two. Yeah. Let's go into. A book that I wasn't sure if I expected or deserved. No, we had we have one more DC book. Oh yeah, Secret, Secret Origins. Origins. Oh, Secret Origins. I forgot about Secret oh, Origins. So did I. But it's it's a different book from what we had with like Sinestro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you bought this, so I, I yeah I bought it because I love anthology books, and also because it's the New Fifty Two. I have no idea where these characters have come from. And what what I have to say is I didn't realize this was was an anthology book, and I kind of like that it is. Oh yeah, if it was just one character, it wouldn't have been what, that good. But um, when I saw that they were doing Secret Origins after three years of being this new Fifty Two, I was a little disgruntled. I was like, "Why the fuck are they doing this? Why are they doing this? It's stupid!" And I told Chris the same thing, and Chris was like. Eh, it is what it is. Like chill out. No, there. that's not what I said at all. You were like, pretty much telling me to chill out. I did tell you, you were chill like, out, but I was cool like, cool it, dude. I was like, no, this is them telling the origins of this, the the new versions of these characters in the new fifty two, written by the creators that are on those monthly series. <laughs> and for me, that was kind of the hook for this book. Not something I would have bought, but I thought about it, so I'm glad Paul did because, I, especially I, with the number one. Yeah, it's a number one, and I'm probably going to be checking out the series depending on which characters. Which characters are in there? Yeah, are in there. Um, there obviously won't be a secret origins of Adam Strange because we got that in a zero issue. I still need to read. And there's some zero issues of oh, that are out there. We should have added that to this. It's. I didn't you, like it. You talked about it already. Yeah, you already talked you, about you it. You spoiled it all. We knew what was happening in it. 
I liked it a lot more than you did. Because I thought the character interactions kind of worked. But anyways, that's in Justice League United, number zero. But what we have here is three ish, three different stories of uh, not quite the origins No, for each of these characters. We have Superman in the front, Robin, Dick Grayson in the middle, and then Supergirl at the end. Mm-hmm. If you get through all three, you win absolutely nothing. <laughs> I... I... I won the feeling of enjoying it more than John did because when I got home, John was was like, ugh, what's the point? I really loved the Superman story. Like, because it was the first time I thought we got that same Superman story from the mom's point of view. Well, John, you were about to defend yourself, so go, and then we'll get into the books. Oh, I was trying to. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I don't, I thought, I didn't mind the book. I I liked that it was an anthology. I liked that it was these different takes, but I wasn't... I see that secret origins, and I'm just thinking, like, oh, this is the real origin of this. I enjoyed that it was that tale from the mom's point of Mm -hmm. view, and I enjoyed the... And it wrapped right into where Graham Morrison started it. You know, you see him at the very end with the kid with the cape. And I... And I enjoyed the Robin thing, but like no, no, the Robin thing. You were thing, talking about the Robin. Who was like, oh, it's Dick Grayson. And I and he, he I, he's Bruce Wayne and gets a costume. I enjoyed it, but it's something that I haven't seen before, and I haven't seen. I've seen it recently. Like it's something that I felt just happened with the zero issue of two years ago, Nightwing. It was like well, the ex- it was almost the exact almost. same thing. It's not something that hasn't been done. And granted, it was an enjoyable thing in that year, like, at the end of it where it's like, oh, well, you can, cele- you can celebrate them. Like, I thought that was... When Alfred is talking to was Dick good. Grayson about the one-year anniversary of his parents' death, he's yeah. like, no, no, well, you don't need to be Batman and mourn the let's death. Let's talk about you the... celebrate it. The well, I Robin can't one explain what the well, yeah. But we're, since we're talking about... um. The Dick Grayson Robin one, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Doug Mankey. Mm-hmm. And it's very much just the... You don't like Dick the Doug Grayson. Mankey art. I don't. Here I didn't mind it so much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he draws younger characters better than he does adults. Because you say normally he makes humans look like aliens and aliens look like humans. Yeah. Young people, okay. Okay. I don't know. Very a big doughy-eyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It... it it works better on like the teens than it does adults. And we get Dick Grayson as definitely a teenager, a later teenager, I feel like maybe 15, 16. And that's when he becomes Robin and not the 8, 10, 11-year-old yeah. yeah. that he, in the old 52, he probably was when he becomes Robin. And he has full pants. Full pants. <laughs> full pants. Full, full pants. pants. Not the red pants, but green pants. But, but the story is his parents die. He goes seeking vengeance. Batman finds him, trains him. He becomes Robin. Yeah, that's the story. And like I said to Chris, like it's the story of Robin. And here's the thing, yeah, that's the story of Robin. But in the way it's told, it's. The Zero issue that. with Nightwing, it was all tied into uh, Court of the Owls, right? Where he learns that he yeah, was he actually was to have been become a Talon, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Talon. Right? 
Like yeah. that was the whole premise of that shit, that issue. And this was more. I think it, it was, was more, more focused about, about Dick Grayson himself. It was more moving beyond what has happened to become something else. And it's tied up with the fact that it's like, no, like some cultures view the Robin as a sign of rebirth. Mm-hmm. And then just like seeing Dick on that roller coaster, like front car going down the dip. I was like, and like right. almost standing up. And John, this is kind of what pissed me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Because when you were telling me about reading Secret Origins number one, you're like, oh yeah, you know, he, parents die, he, he gets trained, like, he, like, picks a costume. I own a page <laughs> from, like, Robin Annual, like, I can't remember, so like 1996 or ni- 1998, where it's Dick Grayson picking out his costume to become Robin. <laughs> And I see that same thing in this. And I'm like, that's that's great. That's him trying to find his identity. But instead of trying to just pick something, it's what he grows into. And I was like, I want to fucking punch John. <laughs> I'm just my John missed the my, point. My point of view was it wasn't something that we needed to review for this. That was my that was oh, my point. Secret like, origins, the secret origins. This issue, this issue, because it all happened already. It all yeah. happened already. But the fact that there's there's stuff to talk about is the fact that I brought it for John. I was like, no, the fact that you're talking about this, and I said, all right, I'll be that curmudgeon point of view. I'll be the Paul of this book. Hey, hey. how's it feel not to be Paul? This feels great Paul. because I like liking things. <laughs> You know yeah, you hate everything. It's so much fun to like something for and once. I, I, I have to say, I didn't know I was allowed to like things on this podcast. I didn't not like the issue. I just thought it wasn't something we needed to talk oh, about. It, this isn't a must-read book, but example, like I wouldn't have bought this on my own. But the fact that there was a Dick Grayson Robin story in here made me be like, that's mm-hmm. something I'd read. And the fact that it's written by Kyle Higgins. Mm-hmm. Who's been writing Nightwing since the new Fifty Two launch? I was like, uh, but I'm Who not as Superman issue. Please. Greg Pack. Greg Pack. Greg really... Pack or Peck? I'm not sure. Pack. And he's been doing the Batman Superman. Superman. Yes. Okay. See, and that was kind of the mm-hmm. the hook for this. Is like, no, if you want mm-hmm. stories that are actually written by. Yeah, I picked it up just because I'm like, okay, well, it's like four ninety nine, but it's an anthology. I get three stories. But this, like, I don't read Superman, mm-hmm. but I actually enjoyed the Superman one too. Yeah, I, I thought the story was an interesting point of view from both the mothers. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting that they, because I, I <laughs> didn't realize that both Kents were dead in the new Fifty Two. Yeah. It was something that was brought up in Superman, Batman number one, or Batman Superman number one, that they were apparently both dead. Uh, they died in a car crash. This was kind of pointed out again in this issue. Uh, basically, this is a story of, um, Laurel, right? Lara, Lara L? Yeah. Uh, you know, and her, like, having to put her son into this capsule in order to save his life. And her telling his son, even though he probably doesn't understand, the one truth is that she does love him, and then she tells him a bunch of lies that she hopes will be true. That somebody will find him that loves her, him as much as she loves him now, and that he'll be taken care of, and he will understand that. And what I really love about this issue is they do the Batman origin with Superman. 
<laughs> it's Superman, you know, after uh, the Kent's death. He's sitting alone in a room in the dark, in a chair, just staring. He looks pissed. He does. Yeah. And if a bat flies in that window, then I guess he becomes Batman. But no, the sun comes up and sun comes up, and he remembers that he was in fact loved, not by just one woman, but by two. And he feels that love, and he knows that he needs to be a symbol of hope. I just like that when they found him, that baby baby Cal L breaks her like finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that he <laughs> has all the powers. Baby. Every once in a while, yeah, that always like, changes. Like every it wasn't like story. he started off as a baby and then developed the powers. Mm-hmm. It's right at the get go. Well, Smallville, you gotta imagine that he powers. probably hit Man of the Steel. sun. The sun was getting to him before he crash landed yeah. there. Superman, Superman movie. He crashes and then lifts up the car. Yeah, Superman, man. I think it's what birthright you or get Man of Steel. In, well, you get him lifting up the couch, I guess. Yes. Yeah, in this, yeah. but he breaks him, so he has disproportionate strength. Uh, but in other Superman origin stories, he develops it later on in life, like. In Smallville, he develops it like yeah, you know, as a teenager. Come, you know, he keeps on gaining powers. And in I think Birthright or Man of Steel, those uh, that you know from then on, like they kind of did the same. Thing. And I did like that moment where they're they're like the bullies are picking on him and like why don't you hit back? And he's like I don't hit down, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't punch down. And then his mom comes and hits the kid with a broom. But, like, it was enjoyable. It, it I did enjoy that. I did enjoy the Robin. I didn't care really anything for the Supergirl stuff. This, uh, but see, I the don't... Supergirl gave me a sense of the where the character is now, because I only read, what, the first yeah. two issues. And she seemed kind of like this angsty, like, teen thing that, that they, was going that, on, yeah, that she didn't know what was going that on. That issue was, like, it, the, the first issue, that the only issue mm-hmm. I read, like... They're talking about, like, doing stuff on the, like, their Facebooking and stuff. Like, there's stuff on phones it, it and... Was, no, the, no, that was, no, that was before the new 52. Yeah. You're, you're thinking about, it, was that like a... <laughs> yeah. Was that... That's pre... That was Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think, writing it. Because it was like the uh, app where you check in almost to yeah. say, like, I saw these heroes Yeah, the here. hero, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> No. That's not That's a different Supergirl issue. <laughs> no. That was a different number one yes. then. No, <laughs> because I it wasn't really, even number one. No, because I we read it for the podcast. Yeah, but it wasn't a new. It was it was a, a new, new writer? New. I, th- I think it was Kelly Sue DeConnick that came onto it. And I, <laughs> I don't even remember that Supergirl just, issue then. I just I can't remember what happened, but I remember liking Supergirl in the New Fifty Two, and everything I've read of Supergirl in the New Fifty Two, I was like, this is one of those books that. If I was in my heyday of like going to the comic shop and just like dropping money and be like, give me this. Making like, it rain. Supergirl is probably one of the books that I would read. Mm-hmm. And while this started off as something of like, I felt a little Hunger Games esque about it. Okay. With the, be, like, cause they're like, going to camp. Yeah, they're at like, camp and then they're like, no, like you need to prove yourself and then you're told what you do into the caste system of Krypton. Yeah. It, which very, it tied into Superman in this mm-hmm. issue too. Yeah, it did. Um, but it wasn't until where they start getting into, and then, then my uncle and dad did this, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. But my mom hated this, and that's what brought me back in. Mm-hmm. I I think I like Supergirl in the New Fifty Two, even though I've only read maybe like four issues of stuff that she appeared in. Mm-hmm. 
I I really enjoyed this one. Um, written by Tony Bedard. I don't know who did the artwork for that, it. Um, the artwork was kind of just. It's standard things, comic it was, book. Art. Yeah, yeah. It's it, not bad. It's not good. It, but it, it was done. It, it, it served the story. I was at first. I wasn't sure if this was Power Girl or Supergirl, and it wasn't until all of a sudden you get the S that you realize that. <laughs> Because the costume for her, like when her mother is like driving her and explaining stuff to her, I was like, well, that's very the new Power Girl kind of costume. Well, that makes sense because they're, they're both, both the same, the same yeah, yeah. In a different universe. Um, so I wasn't sure. At first. <sighs> that that was false fanboy. <laughs> but but then when like as soon as like the dad's like. I got this S thing. I'm gonna give her mm-hmm. put in this the pod with her the armor. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of like that. No, that was the moment where I was like, okay, oh, I think I'm it's sorry. Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, where you see the S shield? Yes, yes. And then it's Supergirl. I was like, mm, eh, well, that's who it is. Because I was kind of hoping it was gonna be Power Girl. It's a P shield. It's, hey. it's obviously Power Girl. It's definitely not. It's not. Supergirl, because Supergirl isn't listed on the front cover of the issue, and it doesn't say. Supergirl. Oh, what did we talk about? We don't. We don't see yeah. those. Covers you don't see that. Co- like you click on it, and I scrolled. Okay. I when when that Superman issue finished, and all of a sudden it was Robin. I was like, oh shit, it's an anthology series. Like I did not realize until that yeah. moment. And that first cover, thing. you just see Superman. It's only Superman. I wish they had done something more. Was like Superman, like. Dick Grayson, Robin. But or, the cover says right there but in the lower. You're not looking at you, that. You okay. look at the cover. You look at the cover. I see Secret Origins. That's, that's why I picked it up. It's because I saw the cover. I looked at it. I saw the three names. I'm like, oh, it's an anthology book. It's, I'm going to pick this. That's the difference between yeah. you and us. Then no, that's, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. why I'm like. Well, no, that's why I picked the book up. Is because I knew all three were in here. That's I, the thing, Paul. Okay. You read the cover while well, like. We yeah, and, and you they, guys were we like, oh, you're gonna, let's get through this book, because he told me we should read this. I thought it was really good. I, I thought I you guys would it. really enjoy it. I'm, That's why I suggested it to read, not necessarily just to be on the podcast. I thought it was really fun. Number two is a book that I'm probably going to be checking just to see who's in it, because mm-hmm. if it's at least one character, I, I'll spend that two ninety nine. I think it's three ninety nine oh, or four ninety nine. Three ninety nine is not a good price. Yeah, I think it's and that's I, I just it's because premium. of all the teams on it, which were book. really good. Even if you're not a fan of Superman, Dick Grayson, <clears> or <throat> Supergirl, like it's. I think I think teams. depending on what character it is and who and what you like and who you like as writers as artists as characters, then. You know, buying issue two and then buying issue five and then buying issue six, that would make sense. I I don't see this as something that every week I'm oh, gonna yeah, yeah. buy, but I think there's between between the three of us, there's mm-hmm. always gonna be something that we're gonna pick up. And you might be right that a much a lot of these characters we might have already seen the new Fifty Two Origin in in either a zero issue or you know in some other like and with flesh kind of with way. the last couple um. Nightwings. Mm-hmm. I've started reading them. When I found out Nightwing was going to be ending, I started reading them. And this is something that they've mentioned a couple times in that series that kind of 
his kind of origin, his mm-hmm. connection with his family. They even show him when he like sneaks off to go see a movie. Like it, you see him as this teenager, as this one that yeah. he gets in trouble with his parents. So that's like I was just like, oh, it's kind of like I've seen it just recently. Yep. Objection asked and answered. Yeah. Uh, what beer do we have? What did we uh, we I just poured the year old breakfast stout that uh, we've aged. First sip, a little watery, just because I was coming off of something that was <laughs> so, so smoky, so smoky and everything. But as I've been getting into it and let my palate palate kind of come back a little bit. It's nice. It's drinkable. It's, it's not... nice. It's drinkable. It's a pale imitation mm-hmm. of the breakfast stout. You said this is aged for a year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's good, but yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's creamy. It's not. Nice. It's not it's as, almost a milk stout. It's not yeah. as creamy or as smooth as just the fresh breakfast yeah. stout. I was taking two of them, pouring them into a giant uh, mug. And I would call it a double double, because it is it a, is a double chocolate or a, coffee uh, oatmeal stout. Or a uh... it's okay, Paul. <laughs> it's really we good. We drink I, a lot now. I like it. <laughs> this isn't something that would. If it was just called a breakfast stout, at this point I'd be like, eh. But if it came out as like breakfast milk stout, <laughs> I'd probably be like. Yeah. But, but the fact that it's a double chocolate coffee milk stout, like, it's so intense in that name that you're expecting a lot out of this beer. You get a lot of milk. I get a little coffee at the back end. Yeah, but I don't yeah. I don't get, like, a richness or, mm-hmm. like, the sweet from a chocolate. Mm-hmm. I don't get, yeah, any of the chocolate. Wow. I get coffee more than chocolate. But in the no. back, I get more of a sweet. Mm, that, could nice. like, that could just be it's the nice malt and from like that milk. Malo, or from the malt, but yeah, yeah that could just milk. be like that maltiness there. But it's a good, it's a nice beer. It just seems like you would, you would want to do a lot of different things with it. You would want to yeah. infuse it with vanilla. Yeah. You'd want to oh, infuse oh, it with vanilla. With this, vanilla yeah. would be good. Oh, she could, do you have ice cream? Put a drop of ice cream in there. Oh, I don't have ice cream. I have cheesecake. <gasps> oh, we don't have we don't have ice cream, but. Do we have another comic I want to book? Blizzard. I, I got DQ Blizzards, but I hate it. Uh, that I mean, that would put us over into the Marvel We're then, right? We're heading into Marvel. Let's talk about our number one, guys. Oh. Let's talk about a number one that was... Uh, that Let's, that seemed like quick. another anthology. How about Spider-Man? Yeah, that was... Oh, that's a long oh. book, though, again. I thought we were going to share. That's like eight books in one, though. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely something we can... Yeah, it's five nine nine because they charge you for a book that you don't want to buy, which is <laughs> Inhumans well, number one. Inhumans number one was added on afterwards. Oh, like after it was solicited as just like Amazing Spider-Man, they put it on as like with Inhuman number one, mm. which was like a three ninety nine book. Yeah, because they, you know what, they didn't give us all the stupid like uh, pinups because in a digital yeah. world. What the hell is a pinup going to do? Yeah. Uh, you can take a picture of it on your phone and then have it as yeah, wallpaper. Screenshot. Screenshot it. Uh, what I want to say about this book is the first part, which is about... I'm sorry. How, what what worth is having a screenshot on your phone? Like, how much is that worth? Backgrounds. Is that, how much is that worth to you? No, I, it's not worth anything. I'm not saying, okay. like... I'm just saying what you could do with it. Okay, I'm just trying to like, figure no, out... No, it's not yeah. worth anything. 
Like, and if they're not doing that really Because you could do a Google image search and do the same thing, right? Like, yeah. for free. Yeah. Maybe illegally, maybe stealing, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? Okay. Yeah. I was trying to get into the book. I'm sorry. Well, you said, who, like... Who well, gives a shit, Paul? Who cares? It's not worth anything. It's not worth anything in those previous books. That's what books. I was saying. But those, 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 they haven't done that. Then why couldn't you just so agree with me? Paul, Paul. That wasn't part of this book. There were no pinups. Yeah, there were no pinups. I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Well, because they're charging you five ninety nine. Normally they would charge you five ninety nine. It's Marvel! They're gouging you. I'm sorry, I don't know if you've noticed this about Marvel, but they gouge you (laughs) greatly. They charge three ninety nine for inhuman number one. (laughs) And then include it free in the back of a five ninety nine book. Yep. There you go. They give you you buy a hard copy, they give you the digital copy of it. You buy a digital copy, you're paying the same price. Yeah. Anyways. But Amazing Spider-Man number one. Amazing Spider-Man number one. The first part, which is Peter back in his life. Written by Dan Slott, art by Humberto Ramos. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing this book did for me is actually make me want to read the previous stuff with Otto Octavius running Peter's life. Yes. The whole time I'm like... Oh, man, this sounds really cool, what they did before. The whole time I was reading it, I was like, a lot happened in, like, the 12 issues of Superior Spider-Man that I didn't read. No, it's Marvel. They double ship, Chris. That was 28 episode issues. But, like, I I love Superior Spider-Man. I was reading that. And then, like, jumping into Amazing Spider-Man number one, I was like, okay, like, this will be good. And then I'm like... That happened? That happened? Yeah. I read the first, like, three issues, and I was like, I, I don't know, Octavius has really got a handle on this. And then, like, reading this issue, I was like, this, no, Otto is perfect for Peter's life. Like, if I were Peter, I'd be like, this guy's better than me. I well, should give it back to him. Peter Spider-Man Here's ran from January 2013 to April 2014. 31 issues. Oh, my God. 31 issues. Jeez. They do this with saying, like, Peter has no recollection of what Octavius did. And I was like... But there's some sort of mechanism where he could remember. Like, he knows bits and pieces, but he's not sure. Like He even says, I could dive back in and try to get those memories. But, ooh, no, I better not. That's a Pandora's box that I will not open. And it seems like... Dude, you should just open it because yeah. you, are you are you are up. really behind. But then and it's like, oh, it's the tragic life of Peter Parker. Yeah. He's gonna lose his company. He's gonna lose but his girlfriend. That's what's most fun about it because the Avengers are watching like the pes- press con- press conference and like <laughs> yes, yeah, Spider, Spider Girl's like, mm, I think that's Peter. Beck. That's definitely Peter because only Peter Parker would be, have to like save the day while being naked. Uh, and my favorite part of this was, uh, I don't want the Human Torch to see this. And then Johnny, like, laughing hysterically in a bar. That was the best part of the book, other than me going, I should read Avenging Spider-Man, because that sounds like the Spider-Man book, whatever it was. Yeah, Avenging was the one. Zeb Wells and Joe Medwera. Mm-hmm. But that was, like... Never read it, but I still know that. <laughs> that That is that is a fun-sounding book, like it, everything that, he, that Octavius did. The... As someone that read a bunch of issues of Superior Spider-Man and then jumping back into this one, I felt 
like Dan Slott was trying to force way too much of like, no, it's Peter again. Look how much fun he's having. He's making jokes. His jokes weren't really funny. No. But They're... they never are. No, no I but... always enjoy them. I always enjoyed those Spider-Man jokes. I, but you don't enjoy my jokes? No. Here's the thing. I this felt like at podcast this point, ends. <laughs> there's being like way too much of it being put in. Like it was trying to overcompensate mm-hmm. for having the the machinations of Octavius. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it just sounds tell? like a great story. Can't they just tell because he's no longer wearing the dark eye shades? Yeah. He's wearing the light. This is a diff- the white eye shades. Yeah. The- it it was a good book. It's not something that made me want to read Amazing Spider-Man like the original issues of Superior Spider-Man mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I um, was only looking into this much like you guys because I'm like, oh, where are they going to take it now? Does he have his full memories? Because Otto remembers being married to yeah. Mary Jane. And I'm like, oh, this is how they're kind of undoing a little bit of the one more day. And nope, he's not even going to look into it. So I'm like, I'm done. And we, I mean, we read that last issue with Peter battling and Octavius mm-hmm. and Octavius winning. And we read that first issue and a couple into that for me. And I don't know about you, Paul. And Chris actually staying on it, but it was like, all right, it almost makes sense for us to then get this first issue with Peter again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we probably should have read that last issue with Octavius. It's, but at the same point, I don't think it really it matters at this point it, because it Peter's back because after a year and, and thirty-one it, issues. At the same time, yeah. it's it's being well, told it's more to you than like, a year, a year and a quarter. 31 issues. It's being told to you, like, Holy no, this doesn't matter. Like, I'm back. Here's all the things that I don't know about, so why should you know about them? But I feel like I should have known about them. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I don't feel like this was a storytelling choice. I'm Peter in this situation where mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. But this isn't something that's going to make me want to keep picking up the book. But there's, if you were reading not it throughout, it's that yeah. great... Uh, what is it but called? Symmetrical irony. But here's the thing. Amazing Spider-Man number one isn't meant to draw on those people that have been reading it throughout. It's meant to be like, hey, it's number one. It's, Come check it out. No, but it's the new Marvel number one where I, every new story arc is number one. Yeah, but that's very much the comic book thing. It's like, hey, here's number one. Like, you guys jump on now. Incredible Hulk number one. Or no. Hulk number one, which is basically... Yeah, I did too. And guess what? That is basically Hulk number what seventeen, because yeah. it's right off. Yeah, you you don't know what the hell's yeah. going on. It's it's the new Marvel number one. Marvel one number ones in Marvel mean absolute shit, right? Now. I, I have to it's say that new that Hulk that new Hulk number one, like how is it even Hulk book? It's yeah. we're not talking about Hulk. I'm trying to devaluate number I know. one. I'm just saying, but Amazing Spider-Man number one did what John said exactly. Like It made me want to see what happened before. I don't care about what's happening now. It's a negative number one. Except, like, go back and read But here's before. the thing, Paul, that $5.99, that extra $2 you spent for all those extra, like, this was this was what Spider-Man me family. Is you say it's an extra two dollars. It should be an extra three dollars. But I know it's true. It's, it's an extra two. But this was that. This was that Spider-Man family book, like we had in Batman Eternal, almost where it's like, hey, here's what's happening with Kane in like, uh, Scarlet Spider. I, I read the I read the elect the Electro story, 
Because I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Him in the bar with all the young yeah, yeah. guys that don't know who he is and blah, blah, blah. I enjoyed that. The Felicity Hardy. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. that with that. And then and when at it, the very end of each of these stories, it's like, check out the in. And, and, yeah. yeah. And then when it got to the, hey, Spider-Man powers, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't really need to know about his web shooters or this or that. And but I, that was Chris Epinopoulos. Yeah, that I was love fun. that one. That was a lot I, of fun. I, I skipped through it. Screw I, you, John. You hate fun this episode. I hate fun this episode. I then started read. I, I read the first couple panels of the Scarlet Spider Kane one, mm-hmm. and I was like, no. And I scrolled through that one. You, you missed my favorite part of the issue, though, which was the Spider-Man 2099 yeah. one, though. The Peter David one, I was like... Spider-Man 2099 is a book that I probably want to read. Like, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Like, everything about that book just kind of, kind of clicked. And mm-hmm. it was like, all right, this, what's this, wrong with people in this, this decade? This caught my attention more than the 22, 30 pages of amazing Spider-Man number one did. Like, the five pages of Spider-Man 2099 by Peter Dave. I was like, Okay, no okay, like, because I found the a great writer. And he, he, he I, don't, I don't know anything. I don't know. Here's the thing. I actually enjoyed reading that instead of being like, oh, I need to read the next one because that's where it's going to get good. Uh, I thought the art was wonky in that because when we were talking about Sinestro, I wanted to tie into this one okay. because like when he does like that jump kick into the guy's face, the body was weird. There was a lot of weird okay. body shots with that Spider-Man. I'll one. give you that because the artwork in that was very static. But at the same time, expressive, but not it didn't, it didn't tell a story. And I did it, read that one. It stood out. Okay, but the art the art totally pulled me out of that book. It, mm-hmm. it did at times for me too, but it was more what he was saying instead of what he was doing that would kind of sold me on that one. Yeah, I but, like I did like that. Like what? I just saved you. You're running away, and then like the guy be like. Sorry, dude. And then him, like, backhanding him. Like, it, that was, like, that was the only, like, fun part, the thing that took I took away from that. Because I was, like, like, I read it, and then I looked back as, like, there's something so weird about how he's kicking this dude in the face. Like, he purposely turned right. the torso so you could see the emblem, but it just didn't look right. With that one, right from the get-go, where you have him kind of, like, over the city, but he's doing that, like, I'm flipping back over it. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the panel. It looks, it, it looks he's, like he's turning to face this, the rooftops. Yeah. But he just dove down. So you just like see like his chest and torso. It yeah. looks like an indie artist who's used to just drawing like people in a coffee shop trying to then do action sequences. But at the same time, it's still well done. It's not, it's not a bad looking book, but it just feels like that guy is just beginning to learn how to draw action sequences. Okay, but compared to the one with um, Kane, like, I don't know if it was reading like that and being like, I know what's happening with Kane because I read yeah. New Warriors number one. Like, I don't need to be caught up and then have him, like, Peter Virtu as his brother. Like, I felt like that was, like, so... And uh. I then, like, what, I was like, is this Kane or is this Peter with the hat on? And then I was like, oh, okay, it's Peter. And then the guy came up with the, with the cane. And then I was like, it kind of looks like Peter. Is this Peter? But he's all hunchy. And then I was like, no. I, I didn't have any of that. I don't know. 
You're the only person that had that issue. <laughs> I feel like I am the only person that had issues with I don't Carmen know, but Trantino. I, I wasn't or like Carmen Falcone. Uh, but I wasn't. I was just skimming that one. Yeah, you skimmed yeah. it. Like, I wasn't reading the solid <laughs> issue and then being like, "Who is this guy with white hair and a mustache?" Because I got Spider-Man's it. Spider-Man's like, or Batman's like, well, breaking into the building. Because when you read that, like, I got it as soon as I saw the scarring on the face. Yeah. But still, that first panel or two panels, I'm like, "Oh, this is like that guy's dad or something," and he's like, <laughs> trying to shake him down. But when you're reading the stuff with Kane. Or Peter Parker, I should say. It's very much him talking about, like, he's incognito. He's got, like, his hat pulled down. He's like, and he goes to where he knows Kane was to be like, hey, have you seen anyone around that kind of looks looks like me? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're looking for this guy. He keeps talking about his brother. Like, that's where skimming kind of. I, I, yeah, I can, I can hear you, but I just was, I was, uninvolved in that book by then. Yeah. Well, we can talk about a book you could have skimmed and not missed anything in with Electra number one. But that cover, pretty awesome. The the cover and the and the art. Can you guys look at the cover at all? Cover, I did like, look at Electra, but like it's made up of uh, like the outlines ninjas. Like Yes, ninjas okay, yeah. and ninja stars and everything. Her nostrils are like daggers and... Yeah, when you the, the cover maybe, like, the cover it. was okay. The inside artwork, okay. oh, it's one of my favorite covers of the year. The cover was good. I enjoyed it, but it I reminds me of the here, Paul. Do you have the people? It reminds me of this, this? cover. The Joker from Jock cover. from Jock the uh, Detective Comics cover from Jock. That it reminds good. me of that, that one. That that's which a way was, better cover though. Which was just one of my favorite covers of like, all time. Um, you should get the Chuck T's that have that on it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they have that. But oh. who wrote and drew... I wouldn't want to Electra. wear... Oh, uh, Hayden Blackman, which is uh, from Batgirl. He was a co-writer of Batgirl for a... Uh, he might still be. And the artist is... Genesequa? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I will look that up. But w- what this is, is basically... Electra is trying to figure out who she is again because she's tired of being identified by what other people see her as. And from all the other series that they've either started or thrown her Mm -hmm. into, they're trying to redefine who Electra is in this book, which is the assassin. Yes, and she decides that, you know what? I am just the assassin. I'm not a ballerina. (laughs) That was so. I'm scary. not an artist. I'm not my mother's daughter, mm-hmm. and I'm not my father's daughter. Um, there was a lot. It's Michael Del Mundo, <clears throat> the artist, and he the the art in this book is really good. I have to say the ballerina point, which you brought up because we talked about it before the show. She's like, "Well, I didn't quite have the balance to be a ballerina," and I'm like, "What? You're a super assassin who battles with daredevil?" Yeah. What you? You would need you need that balance, especially when you're running on rooftops. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> apparently, ballerinas. The the have first superhuman balance. I have to say, the first thing against this book is the art is really good, but then the digitally put in the word balloons, word balloons, and everything takes away it. Totally, graphically, does not 
mix with this. It could have been done so much better if it was kind of that more sketch, sketchier written kind of thing. And then the word balloons with like, um, the, uh, Oh, what's the woman that she goes to get the... The ma- matchmaker. The matchmaker, which I thought was a great thing. Like, mm-hmm. the matchmaker is the person you go to to set you up with your next hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a great little concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like why the matchmaker that- Why the matchmaker had to go with her on this mission, I didn't get. She's just dropping her off at the Monster but, Island. Spoilers. But the first thing that did it for me was, like, the matchmaker's word balloons, balloons are in all pain. in... Bright pink. And mm-hmm. why? That doesn't... And she's to... talking in this weird 1940s, 1930s kind of, like, slang. Yeah. Which makes you which think maybe I'm, she's well, been she's, around that she's long. Ageless. She's mentioned I'm, that. I'm oh, okay. okay with that, but the fact that it's being done in a completely different color. And then you ha- I don't even she know what She seems like the... a Batman character, though. You know what I mean? Like, she seems like the fixer or the... The calculator. Calculator or... What was the landlord agent, the person that would set you up? Like, if you were a villain in Gotham, you would go see him and he would set you up, like, with the secret layers. You also had uh, a girl that was uh, the carpenter, like, I... set up for a little while. I'm blanking out. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's that go-between character. Yeah. It's like the artwork in this book is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like who did it? I'm sorry. Del Mundo. Michael Del Mundo. Mm-hmm. This book is gorgeous, but those word balloons and captions, they just rock yeah. out like so much. Like it's a sore thumb. The editor, that's, that's the editor's problem. The editor should have re- put somebody else on the lettering. Then. And I don't know the villain's name, but like the, s- the snake serpent. Person. They got the thing, serpent, which kept make me think back to Daredevil with the sons of the serpent. serpent. Yeah. Um, but like his word balloons being like that bright orange, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be done, mm-hmm. especially when especially the only- when the only character on the page is him. Is that the character? Yeah. It's it was distracting. Mm-hmm. Which isn't something you want when your story's kind of, yeah. eh. But the artwork is selling the book. It was fun. And Paul, that's kind of what you said mm-hmm. from the get-go. It's like, oh, it looks really good. Yeah. I'm like, guys, we don't need to talk about this book, but just page through it real quick. Because and it looks I, awesome. Because I actually it's wound just... up reading it. Because the artwork, like, there's yeah, such a good we... flow. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like panel, 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 panel. It's, it's exactly what Batwoman was doing before. Yeah. And it's Hayden Blackman doing, you know. It was definitely, it, it definitely, oh. and it was one of those things that <clears throat> we told Chris just look through it because mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful looking book. But There's I actually wound up reading of, it because I was like, this, okay, it's a weird graininess like kind of texture to the artwork itself. And then it's these really sharp mm-hmm. bullet point uh, bubbles in there yeah. for the voice yeah. of these characters, and it's just, it did not fit at all i I blame the editor on that one i feel like this is something that they should have taken the page from something like david max book where he it's like (laughs) one person doing like the art lettering everything like if you had michael del mundo like handling everything on his own it would have been more organic but maybe he's going to get it done i was i was thinking the same thing with david mac art like like, that it would just fit or like any kind of like yeah. almost indie writer doing it like would do that like speckled like almost that speckled brush like she was writing it with yeah 
you know, like with a paintbrush kind of a thing would fit. Mm-hmm. It just did not fit. The only thing, like I, the thing about it that I kind of liked was, it wasn't the fact that the 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 villain, the snake guy, had to eat the people to get the memories. But I liked the, I and their powers and, the powers and their powers. But I I thought it was funny that he ate that guy to get the code to get in, and, and then the he voice. finds and he find in their voice and he finds that Shield has hidden away bullseye. bullseye. And that he's gonna eat like two of his fingers to get his pow- get his powers, and then to know what he knows. Like I kind of I enjoyed that. I thought that was a fun little bit to it. What I thought was good was, and what made me enjoy this issue was that no, no, bullseye and sarcophagus. That is actually bullseye. <laughs> like this, the Mark White stuff with Daredevil seemed to be over there in the corner of the Marvel universe. I like. No, 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 that's just the thing, it's fine. No, we can still have Bullseye and Lady Bullseye and all them running around. To see it, like, happening, like, actually have ramifications in the quote-unquote real Marvel Universe or other books in the uh, Marvel Universe but seems I grew, nice. I feel like we had such a disconnect from the Electra that we had in that issue of Daredevil to this one. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like, well, I don't want to be that girlfriend anymore. I don't want I don't want to have anything. myself happy. I don't want anything to do with Matthew. I'm going to dance with ribbons or some real weird reason i know (laughs) she told me i don't know i i wanted more from this book because the premise of it's very good like where it's just like nope i'm an i'm an assassin what do i do next cape crow i i enjoyed that i enjoyed that's the character that that guy i I don't know but i like the fact that the matchmaker is even like and you can keep the book yeah (laughs) The, the the cape crow is the thing that made me interested in this, that he was this assassin that started taking out other assassins and taking their their hits, mm-hmm. and that this, a league of assassins was like, well, we got to take him out. And then, like, all of a sudden you see, like, Sabretooth running with his back on fire and him mm-hmm. taking out everyone. That's the part of this book that made me want to, that interests me in it enough to contemplate buying issue two, the art and then this Cape Crow. Those are the only things I enjoyed. The idea of that character—it it was as soon as he was like, mm, "I'm going to eat part of you, get your powers." <laughs> I was just like, "Nope." And <laughs> well, that happens right after the Cape Crow. I, yeah. The the cool part was her diving onto Monster Island full of T Rexes and or, Cape Crows, one of his former homes, one of his former so Monster Island with the uh, uh, pterodactyls and stuff. Uh, it's it was. It was one of those books, like, Seems as soon as I was fun. finished with it, I looked over to you guys like, Electra's stupid. <laughs> yeah, because it <laughs> like, seemed it's... like, oh, she's setting up for this real just contract killer yes. kind of thing. And then you get this wonky villain of, I gotta eat you. It yeah. puts its salt and pepper on its skin. <laughs> Otherwise, it gets a Montreal steak seasoning. Again. Oh, I love Montreal steak seasoning. It's really good on popcorn. Bang board fact. Um, but... The problem with this book is not the problem with the Immortal Iron Fist. Okay. Where it is, I'm I'm afraid about this because I love this book. Where really? it's the, I yeah, the writer artist. Chris, I'm concerned about you. Are you moody, Chris? No, it's just a great book. Okay, where it's the writer artist doing the work for this, mm-hmm. and with him writing it, knowing the look that he wants and capturing that, mm-hmm. and that's one of the big things. With this book that makes it a big plus. Okay. Is that good? Yes, thank you. I wanted to tie in 
the how great the art was in Electra, but the story writing was bad. But how in this, the writing was really good and the art was really good. Yes. And he did that. He did, he that, did well. that well. Oh my goodness, we're at two hours and twenty two minutes. I we know. can wrap this up pretty oh, quick. Yeah. This is our last book. Yes. All right. If not, it is. <laughs> Iron Fist: Living Weapon Number One, uh, written and drawn by Carrie Andrews. I like Iron Fist. I bought John the Iron Fist trades from Matt Fraction years ago. For and like Ed Brubaker, which and David Aja, which I yeah. I really loved, and I've continue on buying that series. Fantastic books, and that's kind of what put Iron Fist on the map for me in the Marvel universe. <laughs> me as so, well. When they said there was a new Iron Fist book coming out from one of mm-hmm. my favorite comic artists, Carrie Andrews, I was like, okay, like that's something I'll check out. And the fact that it's a kick-ass book, even better. Because what we have here is Danny Rand, the immortal Iron Fist. Like, just as a character that's so burnt out on life. Yeah. And he's just there going through the motions. He's being interviewed by someone, and he's just sitting there... While she's gushing over him, and he's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. the Iron Fist. He's and mopey, Danny. It's Rand. not until Apache helicopters appear outside his building and ninjas attack that he's like, I'm alive again. And and you have, well, the Daniel Rand that you expect, the fun-loving, joking kind of guy, which is a great contrast of what is a superhero between those moments of his day-to-day life, and when he gets to be a superhero. Well, they're building to the moment where he jumps out the window, and at that moment, that panel, you think, oh, he's just done. He is actually committing suicide in front of this person. And then you realize, no, he's just trying to escape and draw fire away because he saw these Mm -hmm. Apache helicopters. He's he's tapped into it that he could hear these helicopters coming. Yeah. And... But that's the whole thing. It was such a downer to see this character that's always been full of life, like in 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 the worst part of the Marvel universe, the uh, what was Civil War. He's the guy that was masquerading as Daredevil, and it's like, dude, this is really fun. I have a whole new secret identity on top of my secret identity. I get to pick out a new favorite food. That's in. He's been after, that loving guy. After that first, time. after like the first little bit, and then you get that like, oh man, he's writing Danny Rad. It's a mopey character. So, so like, so, so that that bit, and then they show him with that life. It's like, okay, this is Danny between those moments. This is what any of these superheroes should kind of be. It's like you have these highs and lows in your life, and him just being that guy. Between being the superhero, I enjoyed that him being that low, or him where he's thinking about his parents that died, his everything that is the failure in his life, where the superhero life is what makes him him. And that's the thing, too, because I I don't know what's been happening with Iron Fist and everything, because I don't read too much Marvel stuff besides... I don't think he's had his... He hasn't had his own series. But he has... Like, the Rand building is standing there, half-destroyed, like, almost on the verge of falling down, but he leaves it up there because it's, like, a graveyard to everything that he's failed at. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a dude that's just... He wants to be reminded that he sucks. <laughs> but then it's... No, but then as soon as he has yeah. the chance to, like, be like, no, I'm the living weapon. I'm the blade that cuts both ways. Like, the... 
he's odd. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, like, running up buildings, punching through helicopters. Yeah, he, like, uh, he's running down buildings and blowing up helicopters. It's... He's alive again. Everything else in his life does not matter besides being Iron Fist. And it's not until he realizes that, oh no, like, my powers are being wonky. I'm losing this. At the same time, we're getting the secret origin mm-hmm. of Iron Fist where we find about, find out about his, his crazy rich dad taking the entire family on a trip through the Ooh, mountains. Trying to and, find Conlon. And his business partner would be like, Dude, we should turn back. Crazy, I'd be like, no, keep going. Pull me up, pull me up, pull me up. That, but is he is, talking to anybody? This, I don't think he is at that point. I think he is because he sees, like... You never see the end of the rope. Uh, I don't think anybody's up there. But it's at that, that point, yeah, but, it, regardless, it's at that point we see Danny Rand viewing his father as someone that's just completely off the his mind. Crazy has nothing to live for except for finding whatever's at the end of the golden road or at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what we get with Danny is like, it's being the superhero. It's going back to the mystical city. He needs it, to go back. It, it's that carrot that keeps drawing you in. It's not where you go, but it's, it's that. And, that's what really caught me for this book. I'm, I'm yeah, saying this with I, like a smile on my face. I can't wait uh, for more. It's definitely something that I know that you're going to be buying that I know that I can be reading. Um, and as you take this sip of uh, KBS, we can talk about that for a moment. Um, <clears throat> you lose a little bit of that bourbon bourboniness that... I get is a little bit of there? the burn still, like that, not burn, but that warmth, that overall feeling of alcohol. Yeah. Like it's, it might just be because we drank so much, or it no, might be because I think it's mellowed. It's it's this, and I feel that like overall warming sensation, and it's yeah, it's got a nice vanilla to it. It's still got there's some a little bourbon. bit, there is a little bit of vanilla, definitely some. It's got some darkness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely st- still a good beer. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm not sure how long it'll last. It's not I, something I would wait on. Yeah, much, much longer. longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something we can hold on to a couple bottles for the next couple of years to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely something that I was even thinking a little bit ago that we should probably be drinking more. But mm-hmm. something we could also probably trade out. You know, 2013. Yeah. There's definitely people out there that want it. Oh really? If they do, well, they, if we can trade it out, but I, I really enjoy it. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to get some of the 2014 on tap soon to kind of compare to this. If I can get any more, I definitely plan on bringing it to the table. Definitely, um, definitely got to share with your bros. It's I, I still enjoy it. It's it's still a good beer. Yeah. It's definitely a great beer. Yeah. It's I, I can't say I prefer. It, more it hasn't than, like, held up the valley though. It hasn't held up as well as our voodoos. The voodoo, those voodoos are almost like a masterpiece of yeah. bourbon aged yeah, stouts. For what, and for what the brewery is, it's so surprising. It's so small. Yeah. Like it is, it literally is like a storefront at the end of a street mm-hmm. that 
almost nobody would want to go to. Yeah. I keep wanting to go back to Voodoo and uh, check them out go. some more. Yeah. Um, but we'll we need sense. to watch out for the next time they do their release mm-hmm. because I yeah, dramatically right? want those beers. But the th- Okay, getting back to Iron Fist, I just don't have the want, drive, or need to read such a sad sack character. Because that's what I don't like about Peter Parker. Is that, yeah, he enjoys himself when he's, you know, Spider-Man, but just everything else that goes on in his life, even reading Amazing Spider-Man and number one, where everything else is so messed up, I'm like, ugh, this is so stressful. Like, why? Why is this entertainment? I want to read it. Like, Danny Rand, he's a character that loves life and is always on. Like, you can be that always on person. Like, there are people like that. I don't understand why you want to see a person that is on, 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 and then, oh, no, I want to see him when he's off. I I don't. I enjoyed that Danny Rand. And with reading the Brubaker, mm-hmm. Aja, Fraction series, he has those moments where he's a little off, but they were writing him a lot more fun-loving. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little bit. I read the first couple pages of this book when it first came out. I think, you know, I took it off my phone. I was like, oh, I'll read it later. And then rereading it again today, when I got into this moments where it just seems like I'm not, I had this moment where this isn't Danny. Like, this mm-hmm. is really dark. I don't know where they're going with this. And then those moments where I saw him be the Iron Fist and have that funness to it. I was like, well, there's definitely, there's these two sides. There's this guy that he's in this world that he doesn't belong in. He belongs in that Kung Lao, Kung Li, Kung Lao mm-hmm. world where it is where he has to fight, where he has to do this. So this day to day stuff is where he's not going to be in it. And he's also talking about the moments that he realized his dad is insane. So, of course, he's going to be down about it. He watched his parents die. He thinks his dad is nuts. And then when he gets to be the Iron Fist and he gets to have what he's trained for, what he really is, the true purpose of himself, that is when he's alive the most. And that's what I took away from this, is there are these these moments. And there's, like... Like when he's saying, I'm the blade that cuts both ways. His other thing where he was like, I, I spit in the face of the dragon that was on that mountain. Or, you know, it's like one of those things where he's like, no, I did this crazy thing that means absolutely nothing to anyone. But, hey, I did this. Those are the moments he's the most alive. And um, the very last page in the book is in the dojo with Carrie Andrews. And this is mm-hmm. him talking about walking into a comic book store and buying like Nick Fury agent of shield by Jim Stranko and how that inspired him to, um, and I quote, don't just draw it, do everything, plot, script, pencil, ink, color, logo, get your hands on the whole of it. Make every part of the process uniquely yours. Draw with words, write with your pencil, ink with color. Don't be a cog in the machine. And then after that, he says, I hope you stay with me on this experience. I have a lot of things planned for Danny Rand. Some of it will feel off and maybe flat out wrong, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. So he's upsetting the balance to tell this story. And it's not a case of like, 
he's telling the story wrong. He doesn't get the character. He knows he's not telling your typical, mm-hmm. like, he's bright, full of life. Mm-hmm. He's trying to write this character just right. in the doldrums. Yeah, but not, not being alive until he gets to, like, well, the... la- not lash out, but act out, I guess. Yeah. It, that's the thing. I, I do believe that there are definitely two, you know, it's a Nietzschean idea of personality types. It's the people that stare into the abyss and decide to fall in are the people that decide to rise above it and just go on. And I always felt like Danny Rand is the character that, you know, definitely stared into the abyss. Mm-hmm. And he decided to just, he's been given off this opportunity at life, and he's going to love life. And he's going to enjoy every moment of it. And that's who that character is. And to see him be this character that has the exact opposite, the character that has fallen to the abyss and just has given up on everything until he t- suddenly switches on, like, it just didn't feel right to me. And it, maybe maybe that's what Ian, that's what he's talking about there. That, yeah, that feels I, off for me. I think that's fine. flat out what he's kind of getting at. And he's... That's fine. It's a story yeah. that, you know... This character, I don't own the character. You know, if th- this is a good story and people enjoy the story, go ahead and tell the story. Like, I don't need to read it. It's fine. It's well, good. Go ahead. Would you? No, read... I'm done. I'm. Wow. Yeah. Well, because it's not a character that I want to okay. hang out with. Like, if you guys were super mopey, I wouldn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> I, Paul, I've ones. been super mopey. I know. We still hung out. We still hung out because I wanted to break you out of those super mopey moments. Because I don't like it when people are super mopey. I, <laughs> I don't like myself when I'm super mopey. Here's, here's I seriously sit around and like, I'm so mopey. I'm I just want to throw this out there quick. Not to compare this to what we've gotten before, but it's akin to like what we had with Batman in like the 1960s. Like, hey, ho, old chum. But then going like right from that into like the much darker, like Neil Adams, like, this is the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. This is someone telling a different type of Iron Fist story than what's mm-hmm. been told before, but still paying homage to and giving more detail on and adding depth to that story. At the beginning, I was like, this isn't Iron Fist. Like, mm-hmm. he's literally just sitting there while someone's talking at him. Mm-hmm. But it's as soon as things go down... And See, there's ninjas attacking, and he's it's he's on. I was like, okay, like. See, now, at that now point, I'm I still ha- feel it's, it's routine for him. It's a more. It's at that point I was like, now I'm having fun. It's a more kind that, of that was me saying that, not yeah. him. It's a more kind of real world character versus the other where it's comic book where he's always so. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, I've been gonna buy a jet for you. Blah blah blah, kind of guy. But this is that guy that. You're a superhero or you're an extreme sports kind of guy. Like you're jumping off the building and pulling your parachute kind of thing. That in those moments when you're not doing that, you might be that mopey. You might be down. And also you're looking at it as a person who's reflecting at that moment of his childhood when he realizes his parent is nuts. Yeah. But I've met people that have had bad things happen to them and they decided to, you know what? That happened to me. But right. guess what? That, that didn't, guess what didn't happen to me? I'm not the person that's dead right now. It, I'm it, the person that's alive. 
I'm going to enjoy every moment of this. I'm going to make sure yeah, and, that I'm happy. And this is just another take on that kind of life. And this writer is doing that. Like, everybody has those things that, you know, you go through life and you get scathed and unscathed in all different ways. And how those, how that happens to you is how, the outcome of how you are. Yeah, maybe I'm burnt out because of the new 52 is all... The characters that have now been scathed and they're all scruffed mm-hmm. and they're all kind of a little bit bitter about everything. And I, and I would Superman's agree. Superman's a little bit bitter where he almost yeah. has a Batman origin. I, I would agree that <laughs> it's, it's one bat away from flying through the window. I, I would agree. It's not the Iron Fist I expected. It's not the Iron Fist I wanted, but it's the Iron Fist you that I. It's the Iron Fist. It's the Iron Fist that I'm enjoying right now. He's okay. not in and, books, and I go, this is a different take, and this is yeah. – it's an enjoyable take, and it's a guy that is – he's bringing it. He's not just phoning it in. He's not letting anyone else do it. He's doing it all himself, and he's Everything. and he's making it work. Yeah, and uh, on that front, go. can you at least maybe respect the fact that he's – no – did I say anything that no, I, I, I was against that I wasn't okay, respecting I'm it? I, I'm, I'm not saying... Can you in, appreciate? I appreciate the, it. It's just, Like in, I said, it's just... Since we didn't talk about it too much. I don't want to hang out with this character. It's, but it's in, nuts. in the artwork, he's giving like two different stories in this one mm-hmm. issue with the kind of... Yeah. Like classic oh, that was pulpy. awesome. The, the flashbacks and everything, how he balanced that was great. And then even like the Danny work. Rand in... Like the now, it's very kind of Frank Miller esque, like just very stark, <laughs> very gritty, black, red, like uh, very gritty, very just mute colors, like not mute colors, but just dark colors. Yeah. And what I did like about like the flashbacks is it looks like it was drawn on like a paper towel that yeah. you had in height, like in in elementary school. Yeah. And it, it had texture. it had texture. It had this completely different feel. But it looks like that panel's been folded over. Yeah. And like and like you in your pocket. You you unfolded it to remember this memory. Yeah. Like the the art in this is I, is I, outstanding. I wasn't yeah. attacking you, Paul. I just wanted to talk about the art since we really okay. didn't. No. 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 But yeah. Because the first time we get to the flashback scene, I thought it was interesting. It almost looked like he was, for a second, because we I was reading it in guided view, that it was almost the uh, old school printing where it was almost the dots. Yeah. And then I realized, no, it's not the dots because the lines weren't dotted. But it was, like you said, almost printed on some sort of textured paper. Yeah. Like uh, how um, in Zhongdong, uh, that was all. Oh, the. Yeah. With, um, the Joe Kubert. Joe, yeah, Joe Kubert, Kubert. Thank you. He did hit the covers and stuff. I read it on. off the book that was right there. Okay. I don't uh, even know where it is. He did. There. It's right on top. <sighs> he did uh, most of that oh. work on actual cardboard. He drew it on cardboard to give it that texture and grit. So yeah, you're right, John. It, like I said, it's an, it's a character that's out there. It, that's the story that they tell. It's a good story. Good on you. But you know, it's. I don't want to, you know, for it's me, not, it's, it's not, not for you. It's not for you. Yeah. And That's for Chris and I, who enjoy those darker kind of yeah. looks at things, mm-hmm. it's for us. Yeah. And, and I wasn't nothing bad about I w- it. No. And I wasn't, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't attached or involved in this till midway through mm-hmm. in the end. And then I was like, okay, I get what they're doing with this. And mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. 
I, I still thought when he was battling the ninjas, it seemed routine for him. Up until he's like got to the point of seeing the little girl, where he's like, "Oh, I gotta go back." I just, I just like he's like, "I hate ninjas. Ninjas and I have a history." <laughs> and then he's like, "Cyborg ninjas, even worse." It does have it is undead. It has that hints of a fun read. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely understand what you're saying because this is not your big brother's Iron Fist. I can't say your dad's Iron Typical. Fist because like. It's not your typical it, it, Iron Fist. It's not fist. The, my Brew Breaker Iron Fist that I just started reading not too long ago. Oh, it, it's know? different, but it, it hooked me. And this is one of those books Maybe that... Maybe if I had time in between these two. Like, because okay. I basically... Because See, the okay. sale was on. All right. Here you we know, go. You know what I mean? Oh, did, you, did you buy that Brew Breakers? Yeah. yeah, that first volume because it was on sale for, like, stupid amount yeah. of low money. Yeah, it was, super, it was super like, cheap. I bought it and I read the first trade and I'm like, oh... I want more of that. And then we picked up this, and I'm like, this is not more of that. They're, they're is, very different I, books. I do have to say is I read that original volume of the Brubaker run right when that first trade yeah. came out. Um, this last summer, I picked up the second volume because I was like, oh, my gosh, I never I never read it. I, I always meant it was on my list of things to get. Got it, read it, loved it. And then moved on to this, so it was more recent that I had read it yeah. as well. And that's what, like, I didn't like in the beginning of this, mm-hmm. was going from that fun kind of Danny to mopey Danny. But it was like, it still, in my head, still works for this character. Okay. Because when you have that fun Danny, he's still in the adventure. Yeah. He's still Iron Fist. He's still... Doing something, something is happening. Where this, it's that that brief minute bef- right before that adventure, when he's reminiscing about yeah. his horrible childhood. Yeah, and that's my thing is that I view the character as somebody that's made cho- already made the choice that he wouldn't have those moments. But you're saying no during those quiet moments, he reflect and, 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 and anyone movie. could be and i'm mm-hmm. just seeing that as another take on this character yeah I, chris you wanted to say something i was gonna try to wrap it up no we're i think we're wrapped we're wrapped well, i, I, was I understand say, what you're saying it, as long as you guys understand what i'm saying we're paul doesn't like to look back he just likes to look forward mm-hmm. and i know he always looks forward to your ratings and reviews over oh, on iTunes. Over on iTunes, but not as much as John does, because John is the person that actually brings in ratings and reviews. People don't like me, Chris. <laughs> you, you hate fun. I ask people to do things, and they deliberately do the opposite. So, when John asks for ratings and reviews... Did we get a new rating and review? I, no. Why, <laughs> I, yeah, all right. why are you giving it to John, then? Because... <laughs> If to do the same thing and expect different results is insanity. So this is, if I do definition something different, if I do something different, then maybe we will uh, get different results. Uh, hey everyone, thanks for liking me. We know that Chris is the top one of the group. <laughs> you, you guys need to flaunt it more with the ladies. That's all I'm saying. That's what gets you likes. <laughs> Find us over on Tumblr. Find us on. Uh, Instagram, find us on Facebook. We enjoy every time you guys find us on Facebook. You like us. Uh, we have like 106 likes now. That's awesome. Yeah, and and 
I don't have that many friends. <laughs> I really don't. Anytime you guys do that, or anytime you rate us, or anytime you you find us on Twitter or any of that stuff, we enjoy every moment of that. And you can find it at us at Bagged and Boardcast. And email it, us. Email us. Contact at Bagged and Boardcast. But it's it's com. it's those small interactions, even though you aren't really interacting us with us that. I go to Chris, hey, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, I couldn't wait to tell you. And then we come and we're like, Paul, did you see that? And he's like, they didn't rate and review us on Facebook or on iTunes. But uh, you can. F- they like the new Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> he's so mopey in between episodes. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, th- like, I was listening to a different podcast on my way to and from work today. And why would he ever listen to anything other than us? Uh, right. Come on. But, like, this was a podcast that had a live, like, event somewhere, and there's, like, people sitting in the audience, oh, I like, wish that would happen to like us. cheering as they're doing the intro, and I'm just like, I like when we get someone just saying, like, hey, I like your podcast on Facebook. Yeah. You and know, just by liking us on Facebook, yeah, it like, does you that. you don't even have to, like, comment on it saying, like, hey, I like you, just, just like. Hey, did you see that guy from Ohio and that girl from Georgia like us? Like, it's great. Like those little just, moments. We're such a ragtag group of dudes. Like we mm-hmm. get nothing from this. We're just three guys hanging out. We're just about we're three guys that buy comic books, beer, and have microphones in front of us. I know. And what more would you ever want? I don't know. I don't know. Besides cyborg undead ninjas. 